some of them. You're wasting all your time and money on models. Paint what you have. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Model Club TV, episode 71. Hello, Scott Johansson, my lovely co-host. How are Hi. you this evening? I'm Ducky. <laughs> You're what? Ducky. What is Ducky? Ducky. I'm, I'm Ducky. I'm fine. I'm Ducky. Never heard that term? No. Speaking of terms. I just, uh, I said something to my kid the other day. It's tough bananas. And he started laughing. I go, what? <laughs> and he says, uh, a tough banana. I'd never heard that before. And I go, you probably haven't either. I take it then, the way you're looking. But I'm like, oh, whatever. And uh, I go, well, when I was your age, I said it was tough titties. And then he goes, oh, now that one I've heard. Yeah, okay. that, that one I've heard, and yes. <laughs> then when I was telling my wife, she goes, well, tough toenails. And uh, that one I never heard. I never heard that either. Tough but, shit, obviously, I've heard. But, you know. Speaking of a, uh, another term that you have never heard of, that became... Much discussion on the Discord oh, here uh, we go. to Saturday nights. We do have to talk about this. Do we? Yes, we do. Uh, because I was right. Is like everyone, Scott, do you care to uh, elaborate? I don't even recall what goes on in that Discord. Is oh, like really? a, it's a drunk uh -huh. fest. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's a drunk fest. <laughs> So we had a discussion. Okay. A lively over there smoking his high karate and <laughs> but a lively... half on camera, like here up, sucking down some crown royal. Okay, you know, I mean, uh, we had a lively discussion about what the piece of land between a sidewalk and a street is called. Mm -hmm. So for those of you playing along at home, <laughs> leave in the comments below. What the piece of land is technically usually grass or planter of some sort. Uh, what that piece of land is called in your area of the country. It's the between the sidewalk and the street where dogs tend to go to the bathroom. And that's how and the, the person story that agrees started. with me will replace Jason as host of this show. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, so we're not going to say anything. Are we going to say anything right now? I think we should. I don't know. No, I don't think. See, I don't no, think we wait. should. Okay. We won't. I think, I think it should just go cold turkey. Okay, cold turkey, we won't say it. Please leave your comments below. But the first person that agreed with me was Scott's wife. And we'll leave it at that. I'm just going to say the divorce papers have been filed. <laughs> and, uh, and the thing is, it's a Chicago term for this piece of land. And I don't understand how you don't use this word for this piece of land. I don't get it. A lot it. of words I don't use. Yeah. You say jag. That is a, that is a Chicago term. Jag. Yeah. To the point where everyone else in the I'm about Discord to say it right now. <laughs> everyone else, whenever we say it, they're like, "We've never heard that word before." And everyone from Chicago knows, "Jag" is a, uh, it's and jag off when it's jerk off everywhere else. Yeah, it's jag. You're a jag. Which jerk jag. off is better, actually? No, jag's the best. Jag is the best word. Jerk, jerk off. I said jerk because I quit jerking around in class the other day, and everyone looked at me and went, "Ooh," and I'm like, "Oh my god, what the heck?" So. Years ago, I was probably in eighth grade. So, Years. you know, when you're in eighth grade, you don't say certain things in front of your parents usually. Was this like 78? Yeah, 78, 79. Okay. So I'm in the backseat 
and uh, when my parents were going somewhere, and we're at a stoplight, and this guy next to us got his radio on, and he's all over the place, right? I'll never forget. My mom looks over and says, "Look at that guy just jerking around." <laughs> and I remember being in the back seat, going, "He's probably jerking off." <laughs> and because uh, it just, you know, it was then I realized Dude. I had no filter. Okay, <laughs> and. and but I'll never forget my mom trying to be mad, but she was laughing so hard. She goes, oh my God. No. Yeah. So. All right. We are here. It's episode 71. Uh, like, subscribe. We're getting up there. Uh, Discord link will be below. I've had people request what's the Discord link. It's always in the description. So check there first. Um, I, what's the best way to say this? If I did not get to your email right away, I apologize. It's just, it's, I need a break sometimes. So I usually check emails like it's when I get like this, like once a week and I check them all in a pile. So, and you uh, know, I want to ask, Oh, here we go. You know, as long as we're on the other subject, I don't know how many people read the comments. Okay. But, um, our, our good friend spike left a comment. Jason didn't get okay, and I I have to be honest. At first, I didn't. I was like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" Okay, and then when I looked at it again, I did get it, and then I I had to explain it, of course, to this jag. And uh, <laughs> so um, I'm just wondering how many people noticed that when the last episode came out, Jason put mode club. <laughs> I, I, I have a touch of dyslexia, I think, because I can no, read things. Dyslexia is backwards. You, but you I can see letters out. No, 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 but no, but I read that as model. Like when I'm reading through it and I do well, it, I, I even too, do it typing. Right. But, I yeah. even do it typing. Like I'll put letters in the wrong place. And I'm like, what the heck? And I just didn't notice. And even like after reading it a hundred times, I didn't notice. What would have been helpful from Spike was tell me and then bust my balls. I thought it was perfect. Ah, no, <laughs> because that's something that should be fixed right away. Don't let it hang there. Most my club. balls all you want after going, hey, man, fix the title, please. <laughs> it helps. Um, but no, we had fun. It was, I love Spike. Good job. Thanks for pointing it out. He loves to. You didn't go to the clubhouse mistake. and see what he said. Huh? No, I am. No, I no. Oh, yeah, there was artwork. And it's, stuff. it's too much Internet for me at this point. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> this. So anyway, this is Mode Club episode two. Yeah. <laughs> Let me make sure I'll mess it up on purpose this time. We have a, a, a like my favorite segment of the show right here. Oh, there is. I went to the Dungeons and Dragons Museum. Boy, what a thrill fest that was. <laughs> Oh my God, you're such a jerk. So uh, a little road trip up to Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and it was a really cool trip. We went to a giant flea market at the Elkhorn uh, Fairgrounds, and it was huge. Uh, we didn't even get through all of it. And I, of course, forgot my big funny hat that everyone makes fun of. So oh, you're uh, what did I call it last week? It's probably racist what you called it. So don't 
Um, no, no, oh. no. I, I said, I called it something. Oh, a Mrs. Howell hat. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and uh, Brian Clark loved it. <laughs> it is a Mrs. Howell hat, actually. Um, so it was very sunny out. But the cool thing is, in Lake Geneva, if people don't know, <laughs> Lake Geneva is the birthplace of Dungeons and Dragons. Gary Gygax, uh, that's where they invented it. And his house, where it started, the first store, first location of the dungeon hobby shop is like blocks away from downtown Lake Geneva. And the second location is in this building. That's now a chocolate store. And I went to that second location as a kid with my dad, we were walking, we used to go to Lake Geneva like once a year with my family. And I remember we we're walking and my dad's like, Hey, that's, that's the hobby shop. That's where Dungeons and Dragons is from. And I was like, get out of here. And I was probably like in fourth or fifth grade. And I went in like I, when I watched, there's a documentary, a really good one. I think it's called eye of the beholder on, on Amazon about the artwork of Dungeons and Dragons. And they show a lot of this building. And I was like, I was in there. I saw that place. So it's still there, but they went back and they have now purchased Gary's house. And it is a Dungeons and Dragons museum. It is very small. So there's not a lot in there. Uh, they are looking for like people to donate. They said they're looking for two of every item. And, and they have they don't have two of every item. So if you want to help them out and you have something to donate, get a hold of them. They might not have it. The one thing that I was thinking of donating, which is my uh, Battle of the Five Armies set that I bought a couple years ago, he said they only have one of those. So I may end up donating that up to the shop. But it's in his house, so the museum is literally like a front room and a re- living room. So is he there? No, he passed away. So he's, he's dead. Other people that were involved with it are. are so. It it was really cool to go in. It, again, it's very small. They have a bunch of like little artwork of Dragon Magazine covers. I, I imagine that's one of the hot spots there. Oh yeah, <laughs> we asked. There was twelve people in there. We were one of the last people that came in that day. I think it was twelve when he said before us. But it was cool to see some of the old original like game boxes, the original dungeon uh, board game, which was very hard as a kid. And it's it was cool to go in there. Like it's just for someone who like such a big and again this is a weird i'm like i'm gonna admit something i think i've only actually played dungeons and dragons twice and always got mad at the kid down the street that was trying to be the dungeon master because he would just kill us i've just always painted the figures but to still see and being a huge fan of that artwork and it being such a huge part of my life it was a cool place to stop in and just check it out it it was it was really stop so i went somewhere ready for a giveaway yeah, I'm still looking at this picture. Yeah, go ahead. Give it away. <laughs> you had quite a bit of entries on this one. I have we to say. We did. We did. So thank you to CG Blade and Lace Lee for the uh, mummy kit. And I got something in the mail. It was the Monday after last episode uh, came out, which is was weird. And CG Blade was like, hey, dude, you got something in the mail. I'm like, okay, what is it? And... He sent me the Tom Cruise mummy on 4K Blu-ray to watch because both of us had said we had never seen it before. So he is now, I have to watch it because he sent it to us. Do you have a 4K Blu-ray player, Scott? Damn it. Damn it. So I will be yeah, the one to watch copy, this. don't it? Uh, oh, wait, let me check. Oh, it does. It has a regular Blu-ray. I'll give you that one. Oh, okay. 
Yes, it has both. So I will give you the regular Blu-ray. I'll watch the 4K one, and we'll do a little mini review. Well, maybe I could do model in a movie. Well, there you go. We'll do model in a movie on this show. Can't wait. So say so thank you, a beard and, and wear a hat because I'm too lazy to comb my fucking hair like you know the other guy. That would actually be funny if you did do that, if you wore a hat and <laughs> put out a fake beard for it. Um, so we'll watch this. I'll give Scott his copy. We could both watch that and do a little mini review. And then we will pass that gift along to someone else and keep that gift going. Watch the movie and pass it on. So anyway, the, the giveaway is going to be here. I'm going to edit it in later because uh, I don't have the window set up. So I have it set up, but it's things are. So I, I never so, know who wins anymore. Uh, do you want to do it? No, ah, forget it. No, let's do it. I got it ready to go. No, I don't want to do it now. No, we're doing it now. I don't want to news and reviews. No, I still don't see it. I know you won't see it, but I'll see the web window. Oh, it's a little. <laughs> I'm going to leave it like this. It's messed up. So you guys got to go see. I'll, I'll lean in this way. All right. So I'm going to go back to the regular one. And then dun, dun, dun. The web window is up. Bringing this up. And the giveaway. There we go. Ready to go. We're going to do this jank style. Scott, tell, I'm going to hit shuffle 10 times. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. There are some names of people on here that have won recently. If your name comes up, you're not getting the kit. Sorry. Uh, Scott, tell me when has it been. In a way. Spinning. And the winner is... Oh, someone that's never won! That has entered a ton of time. Joe Bello. Joe Bello. Joe Bello. Awesome. So, Joe, you are, I will get you, uh, let me go back to our regular thing. Uh, you will be contacting CG Blade to pick either one six scale or one eighth. Awesome. Congrats, Joe. And thank you, CG Blade, for the donation. The mummy kit is available on Etsy. Links down below. Moving on. News and reviews. Now make your noise. Okay. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We could get... Don't do that. <laughs> I, think a, I think there's a license to that song. Uh, Jersey Fest. Don't forget, everybody. Jersey Fest is coming up. Uh, Scott, have you thought any more about going? I'm tangled. He's tangled foot. All right, I'm better. <laughs> Jersey have Fest. I thought more about going. Um, I have thought about going. Yes. The decisions. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to check out flights, so I'm still thinking about it too, but it's a busy. I have like something the day before and like the day after. So it's like. I, I don't oh, know. see, I, I would just, I would come home on Sunday. So I'd go Friday what, and come yeah. home on Sunday. That's what I think. So everybody links will be down below. With that asshole DeConte. I tell you what he did. No, what did DeConte do? Well, this would be Neil DeConte, correct? Because he's in trouble. Oh. So, as everyone knows, I'm not going to Wonderfest this year. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. What did he do? But I, I did I have a reservation. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I knew that Neil was looking for a room. So, I put him on my reservation so he could check in and use my room. Mm 
because the rooms were all sold out. Okay. Did he just use you know, his ID because you guys look the same? <laughs> well, yeah, it, whatever, you know. So then that motherfucker has the nerve to post some 2005 King Kong shit on my own Facebook page and says, you need this, pal. Okay. <laughs> to which I replied, what I need to do is call the hotel and cancel my reservation. <laughs> okay. And I haven't heard from him since. So, uh oh. Yeah, he's in trouble. So, yeah, Jersey Fest is in trouble. Jersey Fest is coming up. Don't forget, we'll put the links down to the for the show down below. But Wonder Fest is also coming up. This will be the last show before Wonder Fest. And a little bit of news I got to put in about that is I don't think we're going to have an episode in the first week, first episode in June. Because. So nobody be alarmed if that happens. We may do a live stream somehow from there and have that count as the episode. And so you're not going to do a June 14th episode? We'll have to figure out a way to time it out, or we'd have to pre-record it because I leave for a week being away the day after I get back. And that would be record time for Wonderfest recap. So yeah, I don't just know. put it out there unplugged. Model Club TV unplugged. I was thinking we'll record maybe- it real quick. Who cares if it's screwed up? It can't be any worse than you mumbling through. Fucking so emails. that's what I was thinking. Okay. I was thinking maybe you and I do a live stream that night. We come back. I come back. We come back. Yeah, that'd be I great. Come back. We come back. <laughs> the night I come back and just put that out there as the episode. You coming home Sunday? I am coming home Sunday. But I'm not going to do it Sunday night, but maybe that Monday. I don't know. We'll figure something I've out. I've had people request that I fly out Saturday night and just come for Sunday. And it's like, no, I'm not doing that. So could we do a GoFundMe for your ticket? It's not that it's well, first of all, it's Louisville. So there's no telling what would happen to the flight. Okay. <laughs> because <laughs> it, it's and well, because it's a small airport. So, you know, you yeah. fly out, you know, second. Okay. Then I have to come back Sunday, probably drive back with you and five hours in a car with you. I'd rather commit suicide. Yeah. Okay. No, no, I, I, no that's all good. Okay. Okay. No, you know what? There's plenty of friends going. Okay. <laughs> Greg uh, Damian's going. And, oh, uh, Greg. Yes, Greg would be great. You should drive with Greg coming back. <laughs> All right. Banshee Studios has a new kit out, and it is the Trog. The Troglod. I'm going to say it just in case. Troglodyte. Um. Uh, I'm going to read what he kind of posted up there. Uh, this is from Great Britain, so keep that in mind. But people over there on that side of the earth, pond, ocean, uh, this is probably geared more towards you. But again, shipping is going to be kind of hefty coming towards mm-hmm. us. Um, most people have seen the teaser photo already, but we've been, and this is from Russell Roby, and we've shown his stuff before. He has that really cool wolfman on the crate. Uh, most of you have seen the teaser photo already, but we've been bowled over by the responses. We have now started molding on this large, terrific piece, which is actually in scale with Typhon Studios' Smilodon by Joe Bailey. Trog comes with a, a stone-style base nameplate and choice of two different hands, holding club or spear, and there will also be an additional figure of Prince Kasim in his baboon form. In his baboon form. Uh, all with Banshee, and as with all Banshee releases, there will be some really nice extras included. 
So if you're interested in getting a copy of this amazing police, please let us know uh, and send them a message. So contact Banshee Studios over on Facebook, and there is a link. I'll put that down below. Uh, it's 145 Great British Pounds uh, plus shipping and handling. So I just want to talk about this for a second. I think the sculpture itself, the level of detail in his face, the first thing I notice about this, it's something you don't get with a 3D printed kit or a digitally sculpted kit. It looks handmade. And, and, and don't anyone take that as a knock. I like that close up on his face. I love there's so much character in just that face. And you can tell I love seeing tool marks and where like the pieces were made. And I think the hair is really well done. Um, great little piece. I love that face. Love the face. So I love that you got through smiling and and didn't screw it up. I knew you would. So that's the trog. That's the trog. Great job, Russell. All right. From Dan J. Garden. Gardon? Garden? I can't remember again. My name's terrible. Ah, uh, he's been holding off. I and mean, this is again, I'm taking descriptions from Facebook. But I thought both of these were really good and keeping in that Harryhausen style or theme. I've uh, been holding off on posting this for a minute, but finally got around to taking some relatively decent pictures. It's a one eighth scale Harryhausen skeleton kit, a new release for Wonderfest. So if you're going to be at Wonderfest, these are going to be there. I love skeletons and between the horse, saber tooth, and a couple dinosaur kits. This is my fourth release of a skeleton. This is inspired by the iconic scene from Jason and the Argonauts. And a simple construction features six 3D printed parts and comes with a wood base only a month left to this. So this is about a month ago. And I, I love the, first of all, I love the paint job, <laughs> this skeleton. And I, I saw somebody in the comments down below ask if he was going to make it available in different scales at some point. And he said, yes, but at Wonderfest, it's only going to be the one eighth scale. So jump on this quickly. If you can, I think they're going to go pretty quickly. I like how the uh, skeletons sometimes had the, mad brow yeah, and yeah, all that. Yeah. Uh and then his second thing and I thought this is pretty cool and this is kind of, you know, where things are going. But let's just is this read Dan this. as well, by the way. I just read this. Yeah, this, this is Dan as well too. So, another release from Dan is let me get to my screen. Uh molds are done and tested and I can finally announce my new kit, introducing Robotica Roller Derby Girl of the Future. This is a 1/8 scale kit consisting of both traditionally cast and 3D printed elements. She includes a customizable cybernetic arm, as well as a standard human left arm for those of you who want a more realistic depiction of a roller derby player. One of my greatest inspirations as a kit producer was at Wonderfest 2018 when I viewed a panel about producing kits. At the time, legendary producer Mark Havikin of Filmies Girls gave a great interview where he talked about his line of products. Specifically, they were designed to be sexy but not obscene. And that's what we've done with Robotica. She was designed to not only be beautiful, but to be strong and athletic. And when working on the concept, sculptor X, XE Dev, I'll put a link to him too. Uh, I hope that's how you say that. And I focused on a flowing pose known as a crossover, a difficult balance maneuver used to gain speed when making a turn. In the interest of customization, Robotica comes with a wide variety of decal options, including three different derby teams, a myriad of numbers, markings, and tattoos. She'll make her debuts at Wonderfest as well. So everybody, head on over to Dan's table. This is uh, of sci-fi models and stuff. This is, he's got two really cool pieces here that are going to be at Wonderfest. 
and I, I think he's right in sculpting this. That is a very dynamic pose. And I, and like, if, do you watch roller derby? Have you watched roller derby? Maybe when I was a kid, I'd turn it on, see if I saw any boobies or anything. But, <laughs> but it is a really dynamic pose that is like, if you, if you know roller derby, you know exactly what this is. And it's, I think, really cool. Like, this is a really cool piece. I like how the base looks like it's cut out of the track and it has those cables in there and just like sweet little details like that. So well done, Dan. Well done. Great release. Check it out at Wonderfest. All right. Well, winner update. I know from you and not me. Go figure. I know. Look at that. Although Wells got some cool stuff coming. All right. Talk about it. Yeah. Why not? I signed a non-disclosure. No. No, no, this. Um, <laughs> Wait, did you do something new? Uh, there's there's something I've been bugging him to sculpt for a long time, and he started working at it. Oh, okay. It's not us. Right. Unfortunately, it's not us. All right. But it might be, uh, <laughs> maybe, let's say, split up. Especially if it's tough bananas. I don't know. See who can figure that out, because you're an idiot. Okay, so what do we got here? Fred and some redhead kid. Fred and Red. No idea. This is a later Scooby-Doo cartoon. That was beyond my time. But it's part of that younger series. I, I think it's from that pup named Scooby-Doo show. That's what my guess is. Uh, but moving on to the cooler thing. Now we know why that base was so big. When he had the Scooby-Doo and the Shaggy out and the Scrappy before. Because there was more coming. And here we have. Well, yes and no. What do you mean? So there's a backstory here. Um, was this a Scott idea again? No. Okay. No, that's not a Scott idea. Uh, this is a well idea to expand on his other idea because some asswipe is selling the original file for nothing on one of his websites. Also, okay. Bullshit STL websites. So well decided, okay, then I'll just improve this one. So, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful diorama. Dude, I, the, the, the bad guy in the back. Love it. I want just that guy. <laughs> But I am going to pick this up now. This is really cool. So I have to talk to him because I have the Scooby, the Shaggy, and the Cemetery. So I just need the figures. So yeah. I'm going to have to talk to him. Ooh, something just popped on my shoulder. Don't you care? You don't care. No. Okay. Well done, well. Hey, everybody. A little addition to the news and reviews. Uh, Paul sent this to me yesterday, and I didn't notice until you reminded me today because everything going on with recording. So this is a new kit coming from Paul and Gilman Productions. I don't have my buttons hooked up right now, but I wanted to get this in the show just because it came in right at the right time. So this is Vampire Zafiro or Vampire Zero. And it is a one third scale masterwork rendered in clay. Uh, there will be more information coming soon. So enjoy these pictures. Very cool, creepy, old looking Nosferatu style vampire. And I really like it. Nice piece. 
And thanks for Paul for sending it in. Going to put some more pictures up here and talk over them so it doesn't get boring. But contact Paul for more information over on Gilman's Garage. Information for that will be down below as well. Great new little vampire stuff. That's a cool painter's piece. Really, really like that. All right. Back to the regular show. All right, workbench. Scott, working on anything? Printing. For others. Actually, I'm not printing for others. I'm happy to say. You're done? I'm done printing for others for right now. Now, that doesn't mean I won't get a call. I actually did get a call this morning. Um, well, as I said, last issue, last issue, last issue, I said this. Um, I was printing Jesse's Tin Man for him. So he has a display at Wonderfest. He asked me if I'd do a second one, and I told him I would, and I did. And uh, so he called me this morning, and he says, I need you to print another one. And I'm like, okay. And it's like, <laughs> and he says, no, I'm just kidding. So it's like, because I think he was shocked I got the second one out so quick. But um, so you're, you, Are you going to have anything for me to bring? Let people know this is our last episode. Before people would know, or is there going okay, to be anything so, you're going to sell? So far, anything? I have Groovy Gooly wise. I'm working on the Frankies right now, and I have mummies and I have Wolfies printed. Okay. Okay. And the hope is to get the Frankies done and the Drax. Uh, so it'd be the four main Ghoulies. If there's anything, if if I can get them done. And the bad part is the Frankie's bigger than the other one. So he takes a little more time to do because I have to do some more of him on the Jupiter. Um, And I showed you guys that picture, of course, about a third of the way in the other day. On one of them, the uh, power muster glitched and I'm stuck there. So, And then I've got some things going on at home, so I haven't been down there today. But um, I've got all the feet and legs printed and heads so i'm just doing on the jupiter i do the body the base and the two hands and uh i think i've got two of those done so i have to do at least four more there's only going to be like five of each so you'll so, have at least okay you'll have some uh, anything else besides groovy ghoulie if what about time, the one behind you if time permits i'm going to do a few of those but they're not going to be that big of the gossamers okay of the gossamers yes okay now I'm going to say this, and I'm going to leave it alone. Okay? There's a good chance there's going to be a dealer there that has these on his table and a resin. Okay? This dealer only compensated the sculptor one time and cast these in a resin. Okay? Don't know what the legalities of that are as far as the licenses on CG Trader, but I know the moralities of it are wrong. Okay? Because basically the guy paid the sculptor $15 for the file. And I preached about this to him blue in the face. Casts it in resin. And now he's going to sell them for the rest of his life for $50 or $40. So mine are going to be priced around the $50 range. Frankie's going to be more. Because he's more, but he's not going to be significantly more. And... um I can guarantee when you buy them from me, each one that's bought from me, the sculptor will get the price of the file 
as a uh, payment for the skull. Yeah. Okay. If there's anything someone wants that well sculpted, now would be a good time to tell me. Yeah. And I'll send it along. I'll bring it down. Uh, Same for me. I've been painting uh, Catwoman in the process of doing that. Uh, I'm also, I'm not going to have time to paint everything that I'm going to have for sale. So I've been priming a lot of things and putting and getting things put together so they can be displayed. Uh, so I will have eight of my Lord of the Print Godzillas at Wonderfest. And the funny thing is I saw, I'll have eight of this size. And I saw somebody on the Lord of the Print site today post a little bigger one than that. And everyone was oohing and on. And I'm like, wait till they get a load of me. Because I have two giant ones that are, I've been, I'm finished today. The parts for those are printed. And it's about this long it's huge and i'll have two of those i'll have uh a boris vallejo piece and a, a frazetta inspired piece and a little tiny jaws some other little things thrown in but you know it'll be cool to just kind of be surprised with some of that so yeah if i've got time to print some odds and ends i may that's kind of what i'm gonna do if i have time to dig some stuff out of my stash i may dig one or two things out of there but uh, one of the things that came up workbench wise is someone had, I'm not going to say names, but someone had mess messaged me and email me about how, what's the best way to fill in uh, the support holes when you take things off, when there's little tiny divots left over and a couple of things that you can do. Uh, putty, the different kinds of putties. AVs is not the best kind. The two part epoxy putty is not the best for that. Uh, you want to use something more like the Vallejo plastic putty or the Mr. Hobby Putty or Squadron, something that is like quickly dries really fast and sands really quick. Um, also, the best thing I think for it is UV resin is just get a little toothpick. And if there's a really big divot, just little drop and hit it with a UV light and then sand it out. That, that kind of works the best. And I've been actually using a UV resin to do a lot of my seaming on kits too. But does that bond well? Yeah, I mean- it goes, works perfect. It, it, okay. Yeah, so it it's great. Chip off as you're no, it it bonds really well. And what's uh, your cure time on that? When you, when uh, you do it? like like I, I do it on and off. Like it, like thirty seconds, not even. Okay. Like it just because it's so thin and small that it just like it cures pretty well. Um, there was something else hobby wise that came up. Yeah, I just it's been a lot of priming and sanding. And now, I, do you get people asking you how to fill the holes? When you or do you send the plugs? Sometimes I send the plugs. Sometimes I don't. I won't have the plugs if they're a bottom for a base. I don't because mm-hmm. it's not something that's going to be seen. If it's something that does need to be filled, that's part that will be seen. I will send the plugs. Uh, I've seen some people use, um, oh, what was it? Like a a tool where you get a drop of resin, uncured resin. You put it in there and pull it out quick enough, and it kind of fills that hole real fast. And if you can hit it with a light. You can plug that hole pretty quick and and then put some putty over it or just keep filling it with resin and sanding. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to have more paint time, I think, over this summer than I've had in the past. So I'm excited for that. But uh, yeah, that's the workbench, everybody. It's just been, again, it's been busy. So our guest this week, we have a guest. You're not stuck with both of us. 
Uh, Chris Elizardo, sculptor, who's been around a while doing stuff kind of by. I don't want to say, how would you describe Chris in terms of work, body of work? I don't want to say, I said, I told him he kind of flies under the radar, which I think he does. Cause he just, he's plugging away. He takes jobs and jobs and jobs and just keeps sculpting, 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 stays out of the drama, stays out of the limelight and just kind of does his stuff. And there's some really good digital stuff that he's been doing lately. And I thought it would be a good time to bring him on and, and talk about it. Scott. Yeah. I've known Chris a long time on and off, you know, just talking on Facebook or whatever over the year. And prior to Facebook, I think even on AOL Messenger. Um, yeah. I mean, he goes back to the Gremlins in the Garage days. We talk about that for a second, too. Yeah. And and Chris, I mean, I, I've watched Chris evolve as a sculptor. And as you'll see, we touch on that a little bit now to where I, I look at his digital work. And it's, you know, it, it's, wow, the likenesses are really good. And, you know, so yeah. he's really... Uh, He's another guy that's made the transition and, you know, fought it initially. And uh, there's a good story on there. I don't know. Here's Chris, I guess. Let's, let's, uh, let's go. All right. Um, I just messed it up. See, it is rocket science. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome back. We are here with Chris Elizardo. Chris, how are you, sir? Good. How are you doing? Wonderful. Scott? You still okay? I'm great. Yeah, I was great five minutes ago when I got here and you're working around, but yeah. Scott, for everybody, Scott was on time for the first time, I think, ever, and it shocked me to see his name in the Zoom meeting. So anyway, Chris, how's life? How's life treating you? Doing good. Work as usual. So so for people who don't know, Chris is an amazing sculptor. How long have you been sculpting? What was like Uh, your first foray into sculpting? Since 1991? Okay. Yeah. And then some as a child, you know, paper mache and that kind of thing. Where'd you, where did you grow up at? Uh, San Antonio, Texas. Ah, are you still there? No, I'm in New Braunfels now, Texas, right up the road. That's where my wife's from. What's the temperature today? It's like 89, something like that. Oh man. What part of Texas is that? Like it's in between San Antonio and Austin. Okay. Nestled. Nice. You get over to Austin a lot or no? Oh, no. No. no, no. <laughs> Too crazy up there for me. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm reclusive. I don't get out a lot at all. I'm so, changing uh, my desk. Do you have a cool little, like, little compound in the desert then? Like, uh, no, no. I live uh, in a suburb. Oh, dang it. No razor yeah, he's wire. He's got Waco going. He's got a bunch of... <laughs> that's that's got a, Come on. Got a bunch of sculptors <laughs> hidden out. And... Yeah, we're, we're, I'm reclusive, so, I mean, I don't... All I do is sculpt. And that kind of brings me to like my first like point. It's you're one of those guys that kind of flies under the radar and you'll see like, you're not, you always hear Jaeger's name. You always hear certain people's names over and over and over, but you've been involved in a lot of this stuff that I think people don't know about in the background, like doing stuff for a lot of different people and a lot of different companies. So I thought it'd be great to have you on and kind of just go through what you've done and like what you're working on now. And just a quick little interview with, you know, Chris. So, uh, 91, what was that first thing you sculpted? Oh my Lord. Do you remember? It was a really terrible Iron Man. <laughs> I kept it for years. It was made out of, uh, air dry clay and painted with, uh, acrylics. It was 
awful. <laughs> but nobody told me it was, so I just kept going. <laughs> no, nobody ever tells you it is. That's, oh, yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. That's great. That's the problem. Uh, and I, I've run into it with paint jobs as well. It, it's like, no one will tell you, hey, man, that's really bad. Okay. <laughs> or God bless them, right? And, and I'm not saying people should be mean about it, but it's like, you know, but it's like, oh, man, that's great. I remember seeing this creature one time. Painted with all these polka dots, and if this guy's watching, we're gonna lose a subscriber. Like yellow or pink with polka dots all over, and I'm like, "What's wow. this guy even thinking?" Okay, Picasso, man, it was a Picasso. Yeah, and yeah and everybody <laughs> had it. Hey, man, that's great. And I'm like, wiping my screen off, going, "Have you seen the same thing I'm seeing?" Because you know, oh, man. So, all right, if that guy is, is listening, please. Yeah, that's Scott's opinion, not mine. Jason's address is yeah. Um. <laughs> So in 91, how old were you, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, geez, I'm 58 now, so... Okay, so you're my age. I'm 59, so... Oh, okay. I was a junior is in high school. Memory, is your memory going, too, or just mine? I think it's going. <laughs> Go. what, what was that question, Jason? I'm sorry. Uh, no, that I was a junior in high school that year. So oh, wow. I, that's, I'm 10 years behind you guys. Exactly uh, 10 years, actually. You're a lot farther behind us than you <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I went into the army at 17. Back oh, in wow. Let's talk about that. What did you do in the army? I was a uh, unit armor, weapons, ammo, grenades, rocket launchers, that sort of thing. What's it like to shoot a rocket launcher? Uh, we only ever got to shoot the practice ones. So <laughs> that was still pretty cool, though. Yeah. The rocket, it just didn't blow up anything. So. <laughs> I did go to Yakima Firing Center one time, and we had to dispose of crates and crates of grenades. So we just sat there all day long lobbing grenades on a range. That's the greatest. That was fun. I thought it was fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right up until somebody drops one. It's oh, funny until someone yeah, drops one. That wouldn't one. have been good. No, no, no. <laughs> did you hear what? Where was that? Was that here? That was here, Chicago. And this is a sad, horrible story. It was in the <laughs> suburbs. Did you hear this story, Scott? No, but you're laughing. Oh, you no, got I'm me not laughing already. <laughs> I'm making you laugh. There was a family, oh, and they were going. They were going. Th- yeah, it was know. just last week. Yeah. They were going through their grandfather's stuff from World War II, and they found they a found grenade. Yeah. And the dad pulled the pin, and he died. The grenade went off in their like garage, and he wow. died. And the kids got hurt. Like horrible. People, if you find <laughs> an old grenade, treat it like it's a live grenade, yeah. please. Oh Any man! Like that. So, Jeez. did you go to art school at all, or was it just? Oh no! All self-trained. Okay. Completely self-taught. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thank God for Michael Pavlovich, ZBrush instructor on YouTube. Okay, go we'll get to him. that. We will He's get to awesome. that. We will get to that in a okay. second. So you're my age. So were you an Aurora guy and and all that? Oh, I liked all that stuff. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. The all thing right. about mine was uh, my brother got all that stuff, and uh, I. I was kind of left out. So pretty much I got to watch him. Comics, model kits. Mm-hmm. He was the number one son. So, yeah. <laughs> That's what I had a brother that was actually a little older. So he kind of would tell me what to get. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he would. Uh, I remember one time he shot the he got his BB gun and shot the fingers off my uh, Wolfman kit. <laughs> oh, oh, I was so mad. And my mom made him buy me another one. Because oh, man, wait, he purposely aimed for just the fingers and got them? I don't know. What to, no, who the hell knows? Oh, Dude, that's, a, that's a pretty good shot. <laughs> I think it had more holes in it than cheese when I got it back. <laughs> so, At least he didn't start it on fire. He just shot it. 
Were they silver? Maybe he was trying to kill it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, those were them <laughs> copper, them old copper BBs, boy. Yeah. Oh, I, I remember think... those. You give them in like oh, yeah. the milk carton? Yeah. Yes, yeah. It, they did. Yeah. yeah. Back then. I would load them up in my wrist rocket. Like a hundred of them. Ooh, I had one of those too. Loved them. Good time. Uh, what was that? Like, how did you find out about garage kits? Like what, like what brought you back into the Wayne Hanson. Okay. I saw some, uh, well, I, I think he was in either kit builders, one of the kit builders, early issues or AFM. I'm not sure. And I just, I was just blown away. Do you remember um, where you found AFM or kit builders? Was it a comic shop? Was it, like, uh, like, I want to say it was a comic store. Okay, because that's how yeah. I found it too. Yeah, and then Dan Perez, I saw an article by him. <clears throat> this was later, but um, the the big bugs from Starship Starship Troopers. I remember that. You know, I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I found out he was in Houston, and I was like, Oh my god, this dude's famous! So I had to go see him. So he's a he's a good friend now. So cool. <clears throat> So did you, uh, yeah. have you ever made it to Wonderfest or are you? I did go once year. I got to meet Wayne Hansen and a bunch of other people and it was really cool. But I think we met that year. Maybe. I am almost positive. I didn't look like this though. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. So, but yeah, that was, I got a picture somewhere of me and Wayne sitting there talking about some sculpture. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he was one of my idols too. So do you still keep in touch with Wayne? No, no, nah, we don't. We don't talk much anymore. So okay. Does anybody? He kind of fell off. Um, yeah, I haven't. I haven't heard anything about Wayne in a long time. So. When he had that fire, I know he had that fire. And oh yeah, I donated to his uh, his house recovery. Mm -hmm. so. And that's pretty much the last I heard from him. So I don't know. I hope he's okay. <laughs> his videos, man. His videos were classic. As, as uh, I don't know if you ever had any. I had some. I, and, I probably like, still have some. And he would like the phone would ring. Oh, gotta go get the phone. He'd run and get the phone and stuff like that. I mean, there was no editing at all. <laughs> live sculpting, and that was it. It was uh, man, that's they, actually kind of cool though. They were real though. I mean, you know, it's yeah. not like they have a pioneer. A like he was one of the first guys. I'm like, when you think of like the original famous sculptors, Wayne's right there. Who like he, Wayne Sean Nagel? Oh yeah, I'm friends with Sean. We talk every once in a while, but yeah. Yeah. Who was the like the first company that you actually did something for? Um Garage Kit wise? Yeah, Garage Kit. Fatman Fatman Production. Ah, good old. Remember Fatman? Fat oh, that of course. Frank Cahill. Of course. A long yep. time ago, right? Yeah, yep. he, he would pretty much buy anything I did. So, <laughs> he would and he, which is why he went out of business because probably, probably he pretty much bought <laughs> anything anybody did. Yeah. Okay. For a while there, yeah. and I think he got in over his head. But um, what was the first thing you did for him? Oh, shoot. I don't even remember, man. Uh, I don't remember. I, I know I did a little mascot for him for free to, just as a thank you, but I don't, I don't remember any of the other stuff. Really. Pig man. He did pig the man. pig man. He did bad, oh, yeah. yeah, the pig man. Yeah. 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 Of good yeah. old Matt. You were, were you there for the mask event? No. No. Uh, you remember that, right, Scott? Yeah. Where that yeah. came from? Matt Clemens. For people who don't know, the logo on the Fat Man boxes was at Wonderfest one year, Matt Clemens, who had passed away a couple years ago. Um, is it a year ago now? Two years? Oh, it's two, like three years two, ago. Two, and, uh, but he showed up with this pig man mask. It's a pig smoking a cigar at Wonderfest. 
So, and Matt was a very large man <laughs> and he walked around Wonderfest wearing that Pigman mask. And that was his name was Pigman on the clubhouse and on the Gremlins garage. That was his, always his name. And so that's what he ended up using. That's where that logo came from was Matt oh, yeah. Clemens wearing the Pigman mask yeah. at Wonderfest. That's don't you miss those two forms? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I miss the Gremlins in the garage the most. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause that was just, and we've talked about it on the show and I tried to get a hold of Dennis, the guy that ran it, Dennis Bohm. And I have not heard back the person that I think I found on Facebook. That's him. I never got an answer back. Cause I think if you're not friends with somebody, it, it goes into your message requests. And so he might not oh, yeah. have never seen it or he's just like, screw those garage kit guys. I don't want any part of that anymore, which is highly possible. Were you part of the original list, Chris, the original mailing list? I think I was. Oh yeah. yeah. Dude. <laughs> dude of oh, chaos the, the emails and I, I we've talked about it on the show i think a couple times but you get home from work or school and you had 400 emails <laughs> of of ed bulkley yelling at somebody <laughs> it's like oh, what the heck oh the good old what days. To ed? Is, what, what is he doing do you, does anybody know he's still um involved with chiller and i talked to him about maybe once a year now you know and uh he's kind of out of the model thing you know he's Hmm. he's really into autographs he actually has a facebook channel now oh yeah and for those that don't i forgot what it is uncle ed's (laughs) i i don't know but he's showing his autographs and his stuff he gets from chiller and it's a really good video of him vaping like hot peppers right or something oh yeah he did a video he was vaping (laughs) Hot sauce. Oh, man. Hot sauce. That's what it was. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. And he was posting his pictures. He's lost all his teeth now, but as his teeth were going bad, he's yanking his teeth out and he's showing these oh, pictures of these no. teeth that look like tusks. And it's like, and this maniac yanked them out on his own. Okay. And I'm like, you're crazy, man. You're just crazy. <laughs> wow. but, uh, Did you ever sculpt anything did. for Ed? Did you? I, I don't. I don't no? think so. Okay. No. So I. So you did Fat Man. Yep. Man, ugh, God, I hate to say the name, but I know you were. Uh, you did a lot of minis for Larry Burbridge. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Mojo yeah. Resin. Uh, one twenty-eight scale. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, which that is kind of one of those things. I mean, not to harp on a bad subject, but I never understood why he got involved in so much shady shit when he had his own stuff that was that sold. See, you I know. never heard anything. I never heard anything. Of course, you know, no one's going to tell me, and I'm I'm not out there with the stories and mm-hmm. stuff. But he just paid me. I did work. Well, that's yeah, that's kid. the thing. You know, actually, it, if it wasn't Batman, Larry, Jimmy Flintstone, I wouldn't even be a sculptor. There was there was no work for me. Those three guys pretty much kept me going. Never told me, hey, that sucks. So <laughs> they were just like, I'll buy, I'll pay you. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and which brings me to your website. Want to share that with everyone? Sculptorforhire.com. There you go. Sculptorforhire.com. Yep. <clears throat> My oh, wife thought of that name too, by the way. She's very proud of that. Awesome. Hey, let's let's pick Sculptor for Hire. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'll be damned. There it is. There you go. Um speaking of that, sculptor for hire. When you're paid by a company, like, do you enjoy that more doing something for someone else or something like stuff that you'd rather do for yourself? Are you more of a, 
I'm going to sit here and make this thing I want, or do you really just kind of? I uh, I I pretty much follow the concept art, and money's the underlying objective, you know. So yeah, I uh, I I enjoy the hell out of sculpting. So I mean, getting paid to do it is, oh my god, they're paying me to do this, you know. <laughs> oh man, I just got a commission today, actually. Really? And Can you... It. Uh, it's it's for a private guy in in California, but he had done a head scan of his grandmother, and uh, I was thinking, oh man, this is going to be easy money because head scans—they're really really detailed with the stuff they can pick up. Basically, it was just a silhouette, so I have to sculpt all of. I could have. I wanted to tell him it would have been easier for me to sculpt it from scratch, yeah, <laughs> than to than to use the head scan. But I didn't do that, so. I'm pretty happy to have that. That's a pretty cool job. Do you get a lot of jobs like that of just random people, not garage kit related? Just, Hey, can you make this? Yeah. I've made action figures and different kinds of toys and stuff. I guess they find me through my website or word of mouth. I don't don't know. I had forgotten you did uh, a couple of Bowen pieces. I'm on the website now looking for Bowen pieces. Which Bowen pieces? I did the devil dinosaur and the toad for him. And, uh, how was that? that? Was, Talk um, about sculpting for Bowen. How was it? Was that a good experience? Was it Randy's stressful? So talented. Randy is so talented. It's, it's intimidating. Yeah. That's you know, what I mean. <laughs> live up to this guy's standards, you know? And uh, I thought, man, at first I was really intimidated. And then I got, I, I think he may have gotten frustrated with me because I was so, you know, give me input that finally mm-hmm. I figured out oh, just, I'll just sculpt it. If he likes it, he likes it. And, uh, and he did. He he liked the stuff I did. He did some tweaks on the devil dinosaur and the eye area and stuff. But I still have the prototype in my closet for the devil dinosaur and the toad. I think somewhere up there, signed by him. Oh, so cool. That's pretty cool. My my grandchildren may make some money off that someday. <laughs> that's awesome. Wow. I'm looking at um, I'm in the gallery, so I, I'm just gonna pop some random stuff out here because that's what I do. Uh, that big green lantern. Mm-hmm. What what was that? Was that a private thing or was that not I, green, uh, green Arrow? I'm sorry, Green Arrow. Green Arrow, yeah. I I uh, started that because I did a show in Austin, and I and I I've ne- I had never done a show where I you know I set up, so I was just sitting there sculpting, and then I thought, well, shoot, I'll just give a copy away to to whoever you know wins the drawing. So I held a drawing, and they won it, and I ended up selling it to Jimmy Flintstone, who provided me a copy later, and I sent it off. But uh, yeah, that thing. That thing drew a whole bunch of oohs and ahs at the show. But then the people got really mad at me because I didn't bring anything to sell. <laughs> it was just, I had my workout on the table, you know, and some business cards, and I was just sitting there sculpting. And, so what happened to this Green Arrow? Did Jimmy ever release it? Yeah, he's, he, he did. It should be out there somewhere. I don't know. It's so big. I, I want to say it's uh, half scale, something like that. I don't that. know that I've ever seen it. That's yeah. pretty nice. Yep. Big, big boy there. And then the moon dragon, I think I had that at one point, but I'm not sure. I can't even remember who I did that for. <laughs> I know because for a while there I were a lot stuff of those on my side. I can't remember who I did for. Yeah, well, that, um, well, real quick, because we ask everybody who's sculpt. Do you like ballpark figure how many sculptures you've done that have been produced into something or things that you've made to sell? Oh, there's got to be hundreds, man. Okay, I, I would say there's there there's literally so many I've forgotten stuff that I've done. Like I was at a flea market. Uh, pretty recently and there was some action figures laying on the uh, on a table there and i thought wow these are really good 
And I'm <laughs> slipping them over and looking at them and stuff. And then I noticed, oh, shoot, these are for Lennard toys. So I went back to my website, and you could see them um, right there on the action figure page. They're mine. And I had no <laughs> idea. And I thought, wow, <laughs> these are good. <laughs> That's cool. It's sad. So, what's the difference between sculpting an action figure and just a regular static thing? I mean, do you have to break it up differently? Oh, yeah. Or... The articulation. Sometimes you got to do the inner mechanism, you know, that supports the, the limbs and stuff. Um, I did some in clay for Lennard, and that was a lot of fun. Of course, they were in Sculpey, and I did them in little little pegs and, you know, and then they sent them off to China and made millions of them. And I thought, man, I really made it when I saw them in Walmart, but they're still in Walmart. Come on. It's been years. So, but yeah, action figure is good money. And you can get it. What's your favorite action figure you ever, you've ever done? Uh, I want to say I did one for uh, Zika toys. It looks like a, it looks kind of like a stormtrooper. It's a, it's a GI Joe scale, true scale, and just like the old O ring um, action figures. You remember GI uh-huh. Joe action figures? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He should be in the uh, in the toy thing there too. Maybe even on the front page. I don't know. You did a lot for Larry in that small scale. Did you like working in that scale, or did you hate? I used, work- to, I used to like working in that scale. Now I can't see that close up. <laughs> I got to have these big goggles. You know. Thank God for ZBrush because I mean I can get the thing way up in my face and and really get the detail and then I print it really small. But uh, with clay sculpture, man, it is difficult to focus on stuff now. Are you still doing a lot of clay? Or are you almost ex- entirely digital at this point? Almost entirely digital now. Okay. So unless I want to, you know, mess around for myself and uh, tinker, you know, push a little clay around. But and you know the thing about ZBrushes. When I was at that show, I was telling you about sculpting that big green arrow. ZBrush people approached me and gave me a free copy of ZBrush when it had first come out, and I thought, Claver eh. Moore was so adamantly against digital sculpting that I, I basically threw it in the trash. And man, what a mistake! Yeah. <laughs> because the things like if I would have gotten into that and developed, you know, I've only been doing it probably three, four years now. And uh, if I would have got back into it then, wow! Yeah, I imagine how good it could be. And you can tell, like some the just from some of the stuff I found on your Facebook page, your clay stuff you can tell is clay. But there's some of your digital stuff, and I'm gonna just start right here with this: the Herman Munster that you did recently mm-hmm. is beautiful. Like that is yeah. probably the most perfect Herman Munster oh, I've, come on, I, I've ever seen. Like I, I can't think of one better that I've like like that like that's Fred Gwynn like that's that's wow, it. I think that is fantastic. That's a and, real compliment. Yeah. Like, and let me ask you this: When did you make? When did you decide to make that change? Um, was it a change out of necessity that where you yeah, said necessity? You it know, was actually forced upon me because I kept losing clients. I okay. lost a job in New York where I, they were going to make me head of their sculpting division. And uh, they just based off what they saw on my website and uh, got to the point in our negotiations where they asked me how long I had been sculpting digitally. And I says, well, all the work on my website is traditional stuff. And it was literally click. And I never heard from them again. 
So I thought, oh man. And then a friend of mine told me, you gotta you gotta get into digital sculpting. That's the way it's going. There's not gonna be any need for traditional sculptors anymore. And I fought that for a long time. And then I thought, well, I have ZBrush, I have the equipment to learn it. And then I went on YouTube one day and decided, oh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn it. And there comes Michael Pavlovich. Oh my God. This guy will teach you ZBrush from opening up the program all the way to advanced. Free so on YouTube. Getting, getting into digital, look him up. Okay. Also in Austin, by the way, Michael Pavlovich. Okay. Yeah. Should have I, him on the show. I, we'll check him out. <laughs> totally. yeah, yeah. I, I definitely will. He's yeah. a genius. So, you know, we've talked to a few other digital sculpting guys. Um, and I, I'm going to say this, and I don't want to by no means take this horribly wrong. Okay. Oh, here we go. What are you? Gonna but here we go. But you know, I never thought you were a bad clay sculptor, but the digital stuff you're doing is just phenomenal. Uh, the stuff I'm seeing. I mean, so my question to you is: It easier to get a likeness digitally? Is it easier to, you know, because I know you got the symmetry and all that that you can work with and and everything. Um. Is it easier, faster? I mean, how do you rate it? No, what, what happened to me was uh, being self-taught. I never took a course in how to sculpt a likeness. I, I thought, well, I'll just do it, you know. Mm-hmm. But when I got into digital, there's so much information out there that I actually paid for a course and learned how to do likeness work. And that's that's the key. And you got to learn from the people who know. So that's what I did. And it's, it's helped me. I, I still need some more work on my likeness stuff, but. I mean, I've come, like you said, it's it's basically night and day. And as long as I get good reference pictures, I mean, I can do anybody. Because so. we've been told, like, and I I started a little class in ZBrush that I'm working on. And I, my degree, my master's degree, sculpture, but fine art. So it's not anything like this. Um, and I think that's where your traditional sculptors are going to be, are people who are only doing one-off things oh, yeah. For, yeah. For, for art galleries. When it comes to this stuff that we like, it's all going to be digital. (laughs) It's all going to be like this because it's easier to produce at that point and easier at some point to make it. Do you take just technically, do you take images and put them behind and then try and look at it and work through it that way? Because I know some other people we've talked to said that that's one way to do it. And even the class that I'm taking, the first, the first thing is through you, Demi. I can't remember the guy's name right now. Uh, he says he teaches you how to put an, a JPEG of an apple into the program so you can have it behind you as an image while you're sculpting. So you have your reference oh, yeah. while yeah. you're working. And I think that's just an immediate mm-hmm. tool that when you're trying to do it with like in clay by yourself, not digitally, it's so much harder to look over and keep. Oh, like, yeah. Well, I, have, I had a big board in front of me and I would just have I went through some printer ink, I'll tell you. I, I just had whole walls of stuff to do likenesses and I would get every angle I could get. And I, it's just right in front of you. And as you, as you sculpt, if you look at it enough, it becomes, you know, it feels like it's natural, but uh, I mean, you you just can't, you, you, you can't say, oh, think about a guy like if I'm looking at you right here and then go sculpt you with no reference. That ain't going to happen. It's going to look much <laughs> Nothing better. Is handsome. <laughs> Nothing this handsome anyway. I'll tell you. <laughs> 
So the Herman and the Grandpa, who are the, those for? Were those yours? Or no, those are those are Jimmy Flintstone okay. stuff. Yeah, shifter knobs and whatever else he uses them for, I guess. Okay. Now the Grandpa. Where do you get the ideas for these? Do you do them, or does Jimmy say, "Hey, I want to do this"? <clears throat> yeah, Jimmy, just like any of any other client, he says, "Do this, this, this." Wonder this past couple of weeks, he's just been flooding me, and I appreciate it, but it's a lot of work. All all mm-hmm. the stuff you've seen recently. Primarily for Jimmy, and it's getting ready for Wonderfest. You guys going to Wonderfest? I, I yes, I am. <clears throat> Scott Scott has to sit out for the first time. Uh, check out first Jimmy's time table. in twenty seven years. I won't be oh, there. Wow, I wish I could go. They're having my creature from the Black Lagoon this year. Is the Make It Take It? Pretty proud of that. I wish I could go. Oh yeah, I did see that. That is nice. We've Black Heart shown yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. We, it's I, I love that creature. <laughs> We'll put it up here. So you've you sculpted one of my favorite characters of all time, and that is the animated Gollum. Oh, uh, for the riddles in the dark piece, which yeah. was. Can you tell me how this came about? Because I have this one, and I have the old SB Productions one. Did you do both, or just this re- redo one? I did. I did the the redo one where he's okay. there's a little base like that. And yeah, in each other, and I'll tell you a story behind that. I wanted them to make the Hobbit movie. And so I actually sent one to Richard Taylor and Peter Jackson, begging them to do the Hobbit movie. And they told me, they'll t- there's no plans for that. There's no plans to make that movie. And I was like, oh, man, okay, well, here's a model kit. And they both wrote me and thanked me and everything. And then they made the movie. So I feel like I had a, a play in that. So, What year was that? Oh, my Lord, there's that memory thing. I don't know. It's been a while. So, Man, okay. So, don't get me going on those snooze fest Lord of the Rings movies. Okay? We're gonna we're gonna knock Scott out of this first. Don't even get me going. <laughs> so hold All on. right. I want, and we're gonna talk about this off the air. I, why are there no? We might have to edit this out because I don't want people to steal my ideas. But if they do, I'll be fine. Or you could steal my idea, or I could maybe work something out with you. Okay. The, the animated Hobbit. Yeah. Why is there nothing from that? It is so, the character, that Rankin and Bass, the characters from the animated Hobbit would make amazing sculptures. Oh, yeah. I, one of my dream kits is that smog, that oh. fat, lazy, arrogant, cat looking smog where it's oh, yeah. just, that would be just, I, and then the goblins from that and the orcs from that, uh, like, the, oh. oh yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Huh? <laughs> All right. At least I'm not the only one. And I know I'm not the only because you had sculpted this a while ago. And the way I ended up with it was I had seen the, because SB had, what was his name? Do you remember his name that you sculpted this for? It was SB Productions, but I don't remember the gentleman's name. The kit that you have? I have both of them. I have this one. Oh, yeah. And I have a different one. I did. I produced that myself. Okay. Then maybe it was you. It's. Okay, then something fishy. Thinking about out. reissuing it too, but uh, I don't know if I can find it. You know what we were talking about, memory, Chris? <laughs> no, 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 no. Because what happened was I saw the original <laughs> for sale. There was another one that was in brown, really old resin. Like, huh. and it's from SB. I have the, and he said, maybe he had bought this off of you. Maybe. And maybe. that's what I think happened. He goes, hey, I have this original one. And if you want to, I'll sell you this one too. And I hope he wasn't recasting it because then I'm fucking pissed. Uh, but he's and that off. But it looks like this. I have to go and well, is the, the is the sword hand and pewter? Yeah, I think so. 
Okay, well, that's yeah. the Jimmy Flintstone mold and cast them. So if the hand is in, is the sword hands in pewter, that's one of Jimmy's castings. So okay, that's an original one of the fifty. I'll have to dig it out now. I'll have to get back to you and I'll figure it out. Okay, <laughs> but I. But I love this kit. I love this because I love that golem. That animated golem is one of my favorite characters. Oh, like, to see that, like, someone else that actually cares, it means. I love that movie, man. I, I, have so all, I have all of the Lord of the Rings stuff animated and yeah. the movie. That, see, Scott? All of it. Can't just make fun of me anymore. I, I don't I'm make fun of anybody. You know what? Yeah, Everybody that. needs something to help them fall asleep. Okay. <laughs> and what if it's. If it's a Peter Jackson movie of any kind, oh, okay, hold on, Scott. Have you seen Frighteners? Oh my God, there's another good movie. No, okay, it's got what? Michael J. Fox. You should watch it. It's a oh, Peter yeah. Jackson movie. Yeah, I don't think you'll fall. I saw Meet the Feebles. Meet the Feebles is fantastic. No, it's not. It's <laughs> it's garbage. That's why it's awesome. Oh no. And don't even get me going uh, on what he did to to Richard Taylor if, and my and Peter Jackson. If you're watching this, I, we want you on the show. We Man, really if Jackson do. ever comes out, I'm gonna have to hide. I know you are. After all <laughs> the do. stuff you said, it, I'm gonna bust go his back ass all the time, and I'm gonna edit it out and put it in. And the right thing is, if I met him, I'd probably like him. Um, <laughs> I, but I would tell him you guys have a lot in common. Here. That's the okay. thing. <laughs> uh, what was the Beatles thing? Get back. Yeah. Everyone's like everybody loved it. I'm like it was too long. They could have done it in two hours. Okay, I didn't need six hours of that or whatever it was. <laughs> Jesus, here's I moved, to, I moved to New Zealand to work at Wingnut Studios. Now I'd I leave Texas. What, they were doing like an open like call for like for people a while back. Oh man, it was like 2010 because it's when oh. I moved in with my ex and I had just moved in and I'm like, oh, I can't leave now. <laughs> and now yeah. I'm like, damn it! I could have maybe soon thereafter she was gonna leave. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is another piece that I own, and this was for um, uh, oh my god, my brain just broke. The Garfel, Narfel, the Garth, Garth, Garth. Say it, Garthok, Garthok. I have that in my hall. My wife hates it. I just got to keep it up hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's it is dead on perfect to the stop motion puff it. It's like, oh yeah, it's. Oh, you know, I got a, I got a message from Phil Tippett about that. Did and you really? I was like, oh my god, Phil Tippett. Okay, like, wait, hold on. Was it like, good or like? They have it in his, in their studio, and, and he says it's a, it's a match. He was like, it's a match, and I was like, oh dude, wow, that's so cool. That is so cool to hear. And this was for uh, Kid Kong, right? Yeah. Yep. Have you talked to him lately? We were, we were wondering what happened, what's going on. No, he kind of. Kind of vanished on me. Yeah, I don't know. In the basement of the Kit Kong Mansion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I forget the the article that was in uh, either AFM. I want to say it was in AFM. Um, I have the paint up from that article. Oh, cool. Yeah, I also have the the AFM or Kit Builders. Which one it was in? I don't know. Wait, how closet. did this kit even come about? Was it something you did, and were like, "Hey, check this out," or did he yeah. come to you and be like? Sometimes I do stuff that I, I really like, and the Conehead movie was just too cool to pass up. So, I mean, I thought, wow, this is stop motion at its best. So I thought, yeah, I got to do, do this. So, and then Kit Con just happened to buy it. So, 
Yeah. And I always thought it was backwards. I always thought it was I always thought it was him that went to you. That's cool to know. I did not know that. Have you seen that in person? Oh yeah. yeah. I have it. I have it in the oh, garage. Do? Oh, okay. I do. Yeah, I yeah. have a copy of it. Oh. Yeah, mine. I wanted to display it in the living room, but no, not so much. The wife didn't like the dildo statue. <laughs> yeah, she was not happy into it. Happy wife, happy life, Chris. <laughs> she could, yeah, she could, you know. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. Don't uh, bring home a puppy. That's so true. Um, <laughs> say. So, um, I want to talk. Let's talk about Drax. Oh, I like that one too. So. And I'll tell everyone a story and see how much you remember. Let's see how much your memory clicks. So I think you showed that on a board on the um, statue oh, form boards. Statue I form, think. yeah. Either the statue form or clubhouse, one of the two. Yeah. Both. And there were a lot of guys interested, but no one wanted to do anything. And I remember I got a hold of you, and I, I said – Look, I'd be interested, and you worked out a price with me. I said, well, can I put out feelers to see how many it looks like I could sell? And you said, yeah. And so I had like, I had about 25 guys that said they wanted it. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> and so, and I don't know if you remember this, because you were very kind to me at the time. Um, First mistake. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't have a lot of money. And I said to Chris, I said, what do you want for it? And he told me. And I said, can I give you half now? And then let me get these cast, and I'll give you the other half. You still owe me, don't you? No, huh? I'm kidding. Yeah. Don't start. <laughs> I got receipts. No. So, um, and now I figured, you know, when you had 20-some guys that said they wanted it, you were going to get back people backing out. Oh, yeah. But I was still, I did my figuring, and I'm like, if I sell, like, 17 of them, I'm even. I'm good. You know, and I can pay Chris back and all that. And so we worked it out, and I think... Chris wanted a couple copies too as well. And uh if you didn't get them now, you're out of luck. I'll send you the original back. No, I know he got them. So um so I cast them and I wish I still had the picture. I had probably 25 of them lined up on my pool table, wow. like an army of Draxes, you know. <laughs> and so I started sending people mail saying because I didn't want to take money first. And I started sending me emails out saying, okay, they're ready. Okay. And I mean, man, bam, 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 bam. The money came in like, wow. and I was able to pay Chris and get his two copies to him. Um, probably sooner than I thought because it was like, you know, the money came in. And I think I ended up selling more. I think I ended up selling like 27 or 28 wow. on the run. There was one guy in France that like, I think they bought like six of them. But to save on shipping, I sent them all in one box. And then he got them to everybody that was there. Oh, yeah. And I think, um, I think he actually contacted me with his page where he showed it off. Like, yeah, if I remember right. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he may have. So, um, and over the years, I've gone to Wonderfest when I've set up a table and I've had time. Um, this is before I had a rotocaster. So now it'd be easier to make them. Because um, back then I would have to pre fill. I could tell you where I have to pre-fill the bones in the base, in the belt, and his uh, nose on his face. And the rest of it would pour, you know, really easy. And then the one fist was separate. And uh, I do still have the original, and it is still oh. in good shape. Wow. Uh, yeah. But um, so I've sold a few from time to time. Not everyone knew who Drex was. Wow. 
And I think if I remember right at the time, you told me, yeah, if nobody wants it, I'm probably going to just crumble it up. <laughs> yeah. You know? like, so that's why I put that feeler out. So I, it was one of my first kits that I put out was the uh, Chris Elizardo Drax the Destroyer. I mean, awesome. It is the same character from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, what did they do? Why didn't they stick to the original? Con- I don't know. Uh, well, see, and what I liked about this is I was a huge fan of the Jim Starlin Warlock Captain Marvel stuff in, in comics. Mm-hmm. And so Bowen started doing some of them, but he never did a lot of them. So I thought when I saw Drax, I was like, yeah, you know, finally someone's, you know, and it was pretty much Bowen scale, if I remember right. And yeah. it was like, cool. So, yeah, that's my story with uh, working with Chris, but it was awesome. painless, you know. Now let's ask oh. Chris. <laughs> was it painless yeah. for you, sir? It was cool. Oh, yeah. So no worries. <laughs> So was I pretty much on the money with the way I said it, though? I mean, it was, as you remember, that's kind of how it went, you know. Yeah. I I don't remember actually sitting down and sculpting it. It's a blur, but I've seen pictures. So it comes back. So that's cool. (laughs) I'll tell you, man, I've sculpted so much stuff that, wow. Okay, let's see if we can jog your memory on this. You did a piece, and this was on your Facebook page, for Galloping Ghost Arcade. Uh-huh. That's right here in Chicago. That's oh, like yeah? I it was by my grandma's house before she passed away. Oh. And so could you explain it's a it's a guy in a motorcycle ja- jacket with a battle axe. What was could you just oh, explain he, uh, the like the ba- backstory on this like <clears throat> this piece? He, what were they trying is, to do? Uh, they were they were they he makes his own video game, green screen, everything, and puts together arcade type games. So so it's done Mortal Kombat style? Is that like yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, yeah. that's what I kind of kinda, Kind of based on on Mortal Kombat. Cool, yeah. That arcade for he people probably, don't know. I think he was probably the best one I did for them. So. Oh, cool. Uh, Galloping Ghost Arcades is a like throwback arcade here in the suburbs of Chicago, and it's they have just tons of old. Oh yeah, go yeah, get them. Like, up. Just arcade machines. So if you ever in if town, it was in my neighborhood, I'd be there all the time. <laughs> That's really nice. Uh, yeah, I'm looking through a lot of this. The Grinch, the Hellboy. Yeah. Who is the Grinch for? Do you remember? Uh, want to say I did that on my own, and Jimmy Flintstone picked it up. Okay. A lot, a lot of the times when I did something that I wanted to do, Jimmy will pick it up, or Larry, or and the know. Homer, same thing. Oh yeah, no. Who was the Homer for? Somebody in California picked up the Homer, but also something I just thought would be cool. I mean, right? <laughs> the Duff beer in the air. Heck yeah. Um, I'm looking at that Spawn bust. That Spawn bust was. Also something I did because I'm a Spawn fan, but yeah. I, I, so, for the life of me, I can't remember who picked that up. So when you look at some of these old sculpts like that, I say old because I think they've been around for a while. Oh, yeah. And now you go think about digitally. Do you ever think about, man, I wish I had been ZBrushing then because oh, yeah. so, the well, work I had stuff, to put into some of this. Some of the stuff that I see out there, I wish, oh, my God, I, I Please take that down. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, you got to come from somewhere. So, I mean, that's where the road started. Yeah. Every, you know, and I think it's cool. Like I think of that way with my paint jobs and stuff. I haven't like, I like to see where I started and where I ended up and oh, I don't yeah. know how things are. I uh, wish I cr- wouldn't have gotten rid of that iron man that I did. Yeah. Truly awful. Sorry. <laughs> I'm looking at the Silver Centurion one that you did. Um, 
you know, back then when that statue form was going, did you get a lot of work back then from a lot of those guys or no? I mean, because actually, I got a cease and desist from Marvel. Was it Marvel? Oh yeah, Marvel. Because I did a really bad Wolverine, and uh, yeah, I still I had it mold. I was getting ready to sell cast. I got a cease and desist, and that was it for that. So I dropped off of superhero work. I didn't mm-hmm. want to do any more superhero work because I mean I didn't want them to come and take my lunch money. So um, I, I shied away from it because I, I didn't know if I was going to end up in jail or something. So I wouldn't sculpt any superhero stuff. Is that the only time you ever got a C and D? Yeah, first and first and only. Huh. Wow. But yeah, that was uh, scary for a for a young kid. So I don't know. You get a big company like that. Oh, I got man. one from uh, Warner Brothers, but I know who was behind it. Oh and, yeah. Uh, Did you frame it? No, but I never answered. <laughs> well, the, the the thing about mailing and regular mail, I mean, there's just plausible deniability there because can they yep. prove you received it? So, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I don't worry about that much anymore. It's the, the person who commissions me. They're taking all the risk. I'm just a sculptor. So, I assume everything is on the up and up. That works. Yep. The- these G.I. Joe action figures, you did the guns or the people like these? I just did the people. The, the accessories were, were done in China, I think. Okay. Damn, uh, something cool. I did for Super 7. I don't know. Is that, is that on there? Super 7 stuff? I'll find it. I only saw the G.I. Joe one. Or I'll have to go back. Uh, yeah, there's some Beastie Boys, and then there's some work that I did. Uh, I did primarily weapons and accessories for those for Super 7. And then I did a bunch of uh, other ones for them, too. So other than, you know, I did full figures. What's your favorite Ooh, thing um, to sculpt? Like what? Like what? What's your thing? Like what's your like your favorite character that you like to work with? Or oh, we were talking character? about that. We were, you know, the the Hobbit stuff was my all time favorite stuff to do. Okay, and I think it should be like you. There should be more of that out there. Yeah. I even did the uh, the Dwarf King. Um, did you ever see that? I don't even know oh, if yeah. that's on the site. Yeah, um, I've no, never. I seen don't think I did. Painted. I don't think I've seen one of those painted. He may not even be on there. I don't know. I remember one of the pieces that I got, and I forgot you sculpted it for you, or it was for someone else. Which and, one? Uh, and people are going to laugh because nobody knows who it is. Um, the Captain Klutz bust. That you oh, did. yeah. <laughs> I think that was for a guy in Germany, actually. Was it? I, yeah. I remember I ended up with two of them. I bought two. I still have them. That's um, like, Nobody knows who this. Nobody will ever do that. And I remember that magazine that. guy, isn't it? Right? Yeah, yeah. Don Martin piece. And yeah. uh, so I remember that, and I was like, "Wow, that, that you know it turned out pretty good." You did. I, I really liked that. I saw a couple of them painted, and see, I, I wish I could paint like some of the stuff I've seen out there. It's just like painters bring my art to life. And, you know, when I when I do it, it's a flat canvas. But when you get somebody who can actually paint that works their magic on that, oh my lord, it's like awesome. So what is it with that? Because I've seen this a lot. It's you've seen guys that can sculpt and they can't paint. Oh, that's me. Okay, that's me. And now there are guys that can. Steve West was a phenomenal sculptor and painter. Mm-hmm. Mike Hill, um, you know. But I have seen that over the years in, in the hobby, the guys that can sculpt, 
We spend can't... so much time with the with the yeah. scoping crap that everything else just seems to fall by the wayside. In my in my little bubble, when I paint something, it looks awesome to me. As long as I don't show it to anybody, I'm okay. <laughs> but other people, you know, I they can really paint. And that's why I tell people I can't. I don't paint. I can't paint. You guys kind of yeah. worked together on a piece and didn't even, I think, know, sort of. Two pieces now. Two, two pieces. So two. So the Sky Captain and World of Tomorrow, Scott kind of printed the prototype, or the first one, I think, for Tom. So talk about how this idea come about with you and Tom. I, I, I don't know. Tom's a big fan of that movie, and I am too. So I thought, wow. Yeah, that was a blast. A stab at that. It yeah, was, hey, that was a blast. Thanks. It's big, <laughs> right? Yeah. So um, it actually printed very well. Um really? I had to break. Did you get the broken down base? Version? He had to break down the base because the base wouldn't even fit. I've got a Jupiter. Oh, okay. okay. And the base, and the problem was too. I almost reprinted the base, but he said he could fix it, so he must have fixed it. Huh? Because it kind of warped where they went oh, together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I think he fixed. I think he just puttied it up. And I had to print the buildings in two parts too. I uh, think. Or no, maybe I printed I think the buildings I those one. up too. If I'm, if I remember right. Yeah, but I think I printed them all as one. I did ah. think I, I printed them all as one. And they came out. Um, there's a lot of support on the back, but... Um, oh, yeah. That's, you know, they came out, and uh, he was happy. He was very happy with it. And uh, I know he yeah, said... I learned a lesson about 3D printing. If you leave something that's that's uh, oblong or, or a little bit on the weighty side, it will warp hanging there. So you got to get that off the printer. Like this stuff is that I got back here. It's fine because there's nothing as hollow mm -hmm. there at 3.5 millimeters, so um, no problem there. But I printed the base for uh, the Green Hornet gun for Jimmy Flintstone, and the base is long, and it literally warped in the middle like three times. So I don't know what was going on there, but Jim had another printer reprinted flat, and that that worked better. But yeah, stuff will warp just hanging there. So, but uh, that was a fun piece. I, I can't wait to see it painted and lit up. I, I would. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Will that what be a Wonderfest? Is that coming? Like, is he going? I have... think so. Yeah. I think so. I want to say, were the bottom arms separate pieces? Yes, they were. From the yeah. from the from the elbow out was a separate piece, right? And then from the shoulders, um, it was a hard piece to hollow, um. But I was able to do because I didn't want any of the holes to be in a bad place. Right, right. Um, now the body was easy, uh, but the um, and that kind of brings me to my question: the sculpting machinery versus organic stuff is that hard for you? Easy, same. Do you like sculpting robot type things, or is that it, like? It's, it's, yeah, pretty much all the same for me. Sculpting is sculpting, yeah. so harder. Organic is about the same. I. I think Tom wanted me to, well, he suggested I do the, the whole bottom half of that. And I haven't gotten to it, but that would make a pretty impressive bot, I think. Well, that's a good-sized piece. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's, it's big. Yes. Yep. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know what he's going to do with the antennas. Um, I told him I'd print them for him if he wanted, because it actually, they printed, you know, it's an easy print. Um, and I could print did you, a lot did of you them. get the did you get the ones on the sprue that I did or separate? I thought I both on the sprue. Both. Oh, but yeah. I think the ones on the sprue came out better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I'd throw some supports on that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think those came out better. And I mean, really, 
I'm looking at it going, do I have any fails? I'm looking at it going, do I have any fails? Uh, yeah, I did on the um, the nameplate. I got a stress mark on the nameplate, so I had to redo it with some more holes and some oh, more no, supports. And, and But uh, then it came out, so I was happy with it. And the first one probably would have been okay, but... You know, it's like now. Nah, you know, let's let's get. That's this. why I left that. That's why I left that separate because I didn't know what was gonna what was gonna happen with that. So, yeah, no, that was that was easy. So, and then the other piece, that Chris and I inadvertently. Yeah, so this is even better because the bastard's making money off of my idea. <laughs> so you did that creature fossil hand. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. For Mark Worthling. Yeah, actually, okay. I did it. I did it, and it was just a fishing project up for sale. I wrote yeah. all kinds of people trying to sell that thing. So, so he took it. When they went, yeah. So he took it, and when he got it, you know, him and I were just talking about it. And I said to him, I said, well, if you got the files, dude, I go, why don't you print some smaller ones? Yeah. Heck, make and, them keychains. That's what I want to do. And uh, so, matter of fact, I got one in here. Hold on. Oh, cool. Do I have one in here still? Dog ate it. I printed one for my... Um... It is a bone, so it could be. <laughs> it's, buried, it's buried in the backyard in one of those holes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I just saw it the other day. But so he said, so he says, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do some at quarter scale. So, and I don't know what the fuck I did. Because remember, I got a hold of you and said, hey, man, something's wrong with the with the one finger. Oh, yeah. But it turned out, for whatever reason, I didn't scale that one down. Oh, 25%. I thought it was something I did. Oh, no. Because no, I remember I got back to you and said, my fault, my bad. Because it was, <laughs> when you put it together, they all went in really good, except for the one finger oh, was kind of like tough. And it was like, just didn't look right. The middle one was a little extra long. What's going on with yeah. that? Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> well, no, I made it. Yeah, I made it. I think it was the index finger that was too uh, long. And so I finally took... And I re, you know, I re put the file in and shrank them all down to 25%. And that's when I found it. I'm like, why uh, is this finger so big? Okay. <laughs> and I had printed like all of them for Mark. So I had to print a build plate full of the uh, <laughs> oh, fingers the and send finger. them to him. <laughs> you know, which didn't cost anything, but it was like, whatever. Are you, are you using Chitu Box or? Yeah. 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 I'd blame it on Chitu Box. No, it was my fault because I've done it since too. Uh, well, no, we were just having that conversation. How does Shitu Box will randomly change a setting? Oh, yeah, it, it does. Like, yeah, is so, that what so you then use? Of do course, you use that or a light chain? Oh yeah, okay. yeah, light Yeah. So, so then of course we're sitting here and you know I'm playing around and I printed like twenty five of those for him, right? At at that size, because he's like, well, what can you print them for? And I told him what I could print them for, and it was cheaper than he could cast them for. You know, because they're so small. And I all I had then was the Saturn, but I could fit two on a Saturn. Huh. Okay. Uh, once I had the size right. And um, so I printed them 25 of them. So I'm sitting there just screwing around one night. And I sliced one at 50%. And I printed it. And at 50%, it's the size of my hand. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's, you know. So I said to Mark, I said, uh, what do you think about doing some at 50%? And so I showed it to him, and he's like, oh, that's really cool. Well, how much can you do those for? So I told him, and he's like, 
Yeah, make me uh shit. I forgot how many I did to start out with. Twelve, I think. Okay. And he sold those better than he sold the quarter scale ones. He's just now this year at Wonderfest finally molded the one to one. One to one. That because there's no way that's more economical to print. Oh yeah. Than traditional. No. I should have thought of that when I was designing that thing, but I thought, man, life size, that would be cool. Yeah. And um so uh but and what I didn't realize too is when I'm taking supports and shit off, now I gotta figure out what finger goes to what. I'm at a quarter scale. Oh yeah. Well Chris had put, labeled put, the finger. Yeah, <laughs> okay. They were actually well, they weren't labeled, but they had like M for middle, I for index, P yeah. for pinky. Yeah. And uh the um ring finger was just the stump, you know, and then the thumb was a T. <laughs> and and he even had arrows on the um, on the palm part to show, or on the uh, forearm bone to show what the front was, you know, because, you know. So, again, very well engineered. And um, Workling, of course, made a fortune in another one of my ideas. And, uh, <laughs> Is it hard to engineer a kit in ZBrush? Like to cut it up and do all that. Um, no, not once you learn the ins and outs of live booleans, it's pretty easy. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, other than if you have to do an action figure and it's got 15 million articulation points, then it, it becomes a little tedious. But something like the 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 bone hand that I did, it was wasn't too bad. Are you producing a lot for yourself and selling for yourself, or is it most like right now mostly? You know, I because uh, um, I want to plug away. I want people to be able to buy some stuff too. I've been I've been really busy lately, but I like I I did the Vincent Price head. Um, that's for action figure customizers, and I'm gonna do some more. I did uh, James Kahn from Rollerblade for an action figure head that's gonna be coming out at some point. Okay. Um, partners with Michael Allen on that, and then uh, let's see I'm that guy, the, that guy, Michael Allen guy, that guy. He's, he's a, Texan, he's, isn't he? Is he was he from fellow, Texas? Fellow Texan, yeah, he's up the road here somewhere. Yeah, we love Mike. Yeah. Except he won't come on for some reason. He says he'll come on, and then nothing happens. He uh, keeps blaming poor Charlie. That's why. I'll, tell, I'll, I'll, I'll suggest he come on. Scott's nice once in a while. It'll be all right. The Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Like, and that's I why I like that movie. Stuff. Yeah. Who, who's that for? Is that for you or for someone else? I can't. No, that's for me. Yeah, okay. I'm going to be a five-inch bust on that, probably one-six scale, just the top top half, and a little bit, a little bit of a base on it. That's What's on there right there? Okay. My printer back there, a couple of those. If people want to get a hold of one of these, just yes, drop me a line. Yeah. Okay. Facebook. So do you uh, um website when you print for people? Mm-hmm. I yeah, uh, I do you, I do you offer them different sizes. So if someone says, Man, I really want one of those Vincent Price, whatever, blah blah. But can you print me one at quarter scale or half scale? Do you give them that option ever? Or no, it... not really. I, I don't like to really print for other other folks if I can okay. afford it. I mean, even if you're printing your own stuff, do you give them that option? And, yeah, no, no. I pretty much pick a scale and whatever's economical for the printer. And it's a pretty good printer. It's an M3 Max back there. And I got a frozen transform over here in the corner. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. Right there, frozen transform. And I would have printed that uh, Sky Captain piece, but my I had a spill that ruined my LCD. Oh, my God. Screen protectors, folks. You got to have them. 
And Scott always me, says that. It cost me like $900 to replace the LCD in that thing. Oh, so it was man. like saving Because you didn't have a $5 screen. Uh, yeah, I had no clue. So, so Bill Wilson, if you're listening. <laughs> okay. Do it. Screen protector. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, I preach this, and I don't know if you if you're on a lot of the 3D boards. I am, and Jason is, and just it's like weekly. There's somebody go. What did I do wrong? Well, let's start <laughs> out with you didn't put a screen protector. Oh yeah. You I mean, to yourself, okay, it's glass. How how could it get ruined? That's just not true. You're not getting that resin off there without ruining that thing. No. There's no way. What's your favorite go-to resin? Uh, I use uh, I use here's a plug, right? Yeah, Elgoo, uh, water washable. Interesting. Have you had any yeah. problems with the water washable ever? Like no, no, and it's it's awesome because I have a five-gallon bucket with some gloves and some laundry soap and water in it, and I just sit there and agitate the prints in that. Then I use the they come they come with uh, so every every. Bottle you buy comes with a really soft brush in every bottle, so I got a bunch of them. So, and uh, so it, it, it just works really well, and there's no smell, you know. So, water washable, ugly water washable gray is what I use. That, wow, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's the yeah. first I've heard of someone not having problems. So, that's cool to know that it actually someone can't get it to work because yeah. I it was the first thing I tried, here, and see. I just couldn't get it right here. Looks good. Elgo water washable. Is that solid or hollow? No, you see, it's hollow. Okay. Yeah, you gotta save. You gotta save in that resin. It's not all that cheap. Yeah. Look. Oh, that's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, what else look you got coming up? Gomez out? Adams now. Oh, yeah. Jason told me to look Sorry. at the Gomez Adams now. I'm like, wow, that's really nice. Too. Yeah. Who's the Gomez for? Uh, uh, that was Jimmy. Are you talking about the 3D one? Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. A lot for Jimmy. I think that was actually his. Yeah, he's one he he requested. So, not that I wouldn't have done it at some point, but yeah. So, Chris, it's great having you on. I I want everyone to see. I'm going to put this montage up of just like some of your more recent 3D pieces. I think cool. the the spaceman with the skull in the helmet's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a play on the MTV spaceman. Yeah. First, I I did him with the with the dead TV flag and everything, but <laughs> nobody wanted it. So it, uh, I actually partnered up with Escape Patch Hobbies to release the bust. So if you okay. want to copy of that? They they have that somewhere. Who's got the Sebastian? Uh, nobody. That was just a fun little thing I did. That's just a fun little Sebastian. I loved it. Yeah, we'll do a quick yeah, montage. Really Modoc. Modoc. Who's got the Modoc? Mm, Modoc. I can't remember. Odok that actually looks like it should, not like this horrible movie that just <laughs> oh, came out. Oh, he was for, uh, it's actually a miniature for uh, Judge Cheats. Um, and he, uh, they're going to be really, really tiny, but I, I still jam-packed as much detail in there as I could. So you do a lot of digital stuff. Obviously, you've seen CG Trader, Cults, all that. Mm-hmm. Where are you with selling STLs? Do you just do you you look at it ever as something you want to do, or do you look I at it and go? It's not about that. And if it's a if it's a piece that took me no amount of time to do, and uh, if I can make a couple bucks here and there, um, it's okay. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, I haven't I haven't actually actually done that because mm -hmm. I mean it leaves too much room for people to do whatever they want to with it. 
you know, and you got to be careful if you're not, if you're not giving them a uh, duty free, you got to state that. Otherwise, you know, you're, they can do whatever they want to with it. So, uh, and, and I've seen, I've seen a lot of people that print them up, paint them and sell them and, you know, and do that over and over and over again. And that duty free stuff, I don't know. See, I'd, I'd want it to just be whoever I sold it to, to mm-hmm. use it for themselves. But Well, and that's, that's, that's part of the problem I've seen out there is that, well, obviously, you know, there's Etsy is full of people that have bought files. I mean, and I've seen oh, yeah. $5 files and someone goes on Etsy and has to sell it for two fifty. And I'm like, do you need the what? money that bad? What's the, what's the point? Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, know, do you need the money that bad? And there's a gentleman that I, um, hooked up with that does all this Hanna-Barbera stuff. That's beautiful. And, uh, Wait, you hooked up with him? Well, I, I, well, he's in Brazil or wherever, so I haven't hooked up with him yet. He's a little young for me. But um, so what I do is when someone wants me to print one of his pieces, because I've printed a, a ton of his pieces, um, I he sends me an invoice for the file, and I make sure the artist gets money for every one I print. Huh? Okay, so it, it's, you know, and and... Sometimes it's, you know, it's a $10 file, a $15 file. Sometimes it's an $80 file, you know, but it's like, I'm very adamant that I'm going to support him because I want him to keep selling. Oh yeah. 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 You know, and, um, but it's hard. It's hard because there's guys, you know, then you see the shit on eBay and, and, you know, and like there's some Patreons and there's some guys that don't care, you know, and this is the one I don't get when they say, Hey, Print as many as you want and sell them. Just don't sell my file. And I'm like, huh? huh? Yeah. <laughs> that's a few of the pa- and this that was the question. I, have, have you thought about doing a Patreon where you are like making something specifically to sell out on a Patreon file wise? I didn't honestly. I didn't think anybody would uh, follow me. So really? I but, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I think you know that. there's there is a uh, what's the right word? There is a void in terms of garage kit subject matter in terms oh, really? of Patreon stuff. Huh. And I, I think you would go do well <laughs> with, huh. cause I know vengeance studios does, they're doing some really good stuff that kind of fills that mm-hmm. void. And there's a couple other guys cause there isn't really, there's well, we make monsters as well as doing a lot of the garage kit kind of stuff on Patreon. Um, but you don't see a lot of the classic monsters and stuff on there at all. It's all superheroes and modern stuff. So, I, I mean, there is a void there. And uh, I would look into it maybe and, and, and see how And it I think the, the best way for any digital sculptor to approach it is if you're going to do something. I like the Kickstarter type idea. Huh? Okay. Where you say, you know, okay. Uh, you know, STLs are like garage kits. And when you get over $30, it seems people get a little pickier. Okay. But, and I don't know what you charge for a sculpt, but I'm I'm going to say, you know, let's just put out, I want $1,000 for this sculpt. 2000 okay, What can I sell it for? You know, and, okay, if I sell it for $30, how many do I have to sell to make my 1000 Yeah. You know, and so that's what you do see is a lot of guys, but what's, you know, Unfortunately for guys here in the States, these guys, you know, in Brazil and stuff are selling stuff. You know, when they get $500 worth of people, 
they release their files. But five hundred dollars to them is fifteen hundred dollars to you. Oh, you yeah, know, because yeah. of the cost of living and all that. Yeah, oh yeah. And um, but I look at it and go for sculptors, that's the way to go because you can at that point you're guaranteed your money. You don't have to release it. You know, say so let's you know, and again, I'm just throwing a number out there. Let's say, all right, I want a thousand dollars for this sculpt. Well, I get enough supporters, I get eight fifty, and then I might say, you know what? Fine, I'll release it. And then you can put it on CG Trader for the same price you gave it to them for. But you know you've made your money at that point. And if oh, yeah. if yeah. it gets out there and gets stolen or resold or whatever, yeah, it sucks, but at least you got your money out of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> that, that, I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at it wrong. That's why I like to talk to you guys and see what your thoughts on it are. Oh, you're, you're right. I, uh, I, I was reluctant to le- release anything for myself because, I mean, I don't pay myself, obviously, but um, that's why I like to stick with commission work because, um, you know, it's, I get my money and they get their piece and they go make money for the rest of their lives or whatever they're going to do with my piece. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine with that. But uh, I didn't want to I didn't want to risk, you know, producing something myself. So but with the with the invention of 3D printing, I mean, I mean, why not? Yeah, I can I can print them up and sell copies whenever I want, you know, so and if somebody knocks it off, well. More power to them. So mm-hmm. I was You're kicking off a 3D print. You're a still. shitty person. Like I just don't. <laughs> like come on. Like, yeah. I just don't get it. Well, no, I I just don't. Yeah, I don't get it either. When I when I see guys selling, well, there was a guy in CG Trader. It was a, a Batman a Dark Knight file. It was like ten bucks, but it was really cool. And and I didn't know, so I bought it. And then all of a sudden, I find out this guy wasn't the sculptor. Some other guy was the sculptor. Oh no! And so I reported him to CG Trader, um, and they refunded my ten bucks. And obviously, I got the file. Well, when I found the original artist, he had the thing. I think it was on Cult 3D or one of them. I think it was Cult for free. You could download it for free. That's E Man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. What yeah. you're and then, and then, you know, but someone's got to try to make money off of it. Oh yeah, okay? yeah. And that, like that Looney Tunes um, diorama that I have, that one guy sculpted, I forget his name now. Trio or Trio, Tree. Tio Tar or whatever. You know, and all of a sudden I saw two different people on CG Trader selling that same thing. And I reported both of them and got them both kicked off, you know. And I had another guy contact me about um, trading files. And it's like, buy him, you cheap ass. Okay. (laughs) I mean, it's, dude. Buying STLs is the cheapest way to do garage kits I've ever seen oh, yeah. in my life. Well, okay. yeah, people people have the mindset that just because it's done digitally, it's easier and should be cheaper. And mm-hmm. I, I don't understand that at all. I mean, it takes me the same amount of work to to sculpt, and it didn't take me any less time in my thirty years of sculpting to learn how to make this. I don't understand why, why people, and and that's the other thing, like people as this is an art thing too. It's well, why is it so expensive? You're not just paying for that piece. You're paying for that 30 years of learning how to get to that point of some of the time that that person has invested Mm -hmm. in their talent and in their process in trying to like make something cool. And that's what we're all here for is to, you know, support people that are making cool things. Speaking of yeah. which, what else? What do you got? Anything else coming out, cool wise? 
You got um, these uh, Alfred E. Newman's. Yeah, yeah, that uh, the Vampire Bus from Brooklyn and uh, uh, the Vincent Price head, and eventually some at some point the Rollerblade James Con head, and uh, um, whatever I can. Well, I'm I'm about to. I just accepted a commission from a big um, collectibles line, and I can't say who. Okay. I don't know why. <laughs> But uh, and I can't even say what, but it's based on a really cool movie. Cool, something you and I would like. I know. Awesome, and uh, that's going to keep me busy for a while. <clears throat> Hopefully, I'll get continual work from them. Um, but that's away from the garage. That's the collectibles. Yeah, industry. So, um, and then you know, just day to day. It's got to be nice, though. I mean, you started doing this, and you've been your own boss for all these years. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, would you say since you've gone digital that you're getting more work now? It seems like it. Yeah. Okay. Seems like it because I mean, I can, they can have a file in their hand in a day if, you know, if I can do it in a day. And a lot of the times I can be pretty quick. So, and that mm -hmm. comes from sculpting with clay. Um, but don't, don't let me fool you. I'm up at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning and work till like eight, nine o'clock at night, most nights. Mm -hmm. So what people may think, hey, this guy's just whooping it out. I mean, I'm Mr. Exhausted. By 10 o'clock, I'm <laughs> out. So, oh, man. All right. Best way for people to get a hold of you? Sculptorforhire.com. Okay. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Chris, for joining us. This has been awesome. We'll love to have you back when we get some more. When you got some cool stuff to show, we'll have you back cool. on any time you want. Thank you for having me. I, I'm not worthy. Oh, shut up. Truly, <laughs> no, we aren't. This <laughs> No, this, this show is a bigger snooze fest than the Peter Jackson movie. Let me tell you. Oh, oh, God. Oh, see, we're going to have you on with when I have Peter on, we will have Scott not on. It'll be you and I. Talking. Oh, Scott's going to yeah, be like yeah, driving yeah. away. No, actually, we can't do that because I want to watch Peter Jackson rip Scott apart. That's what I <laughs> I'd be Ralph Crampton. I'd be like, ha, da, 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 da. <laughs> oh, not, man. I'm All right, Chris. Bad. Have Appreciate a great night. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Chris, for coming on. Uh, get a hold of Chris at SculptorForHire.com. He's also on Facebook. All those links will be down below. But what a great interview. Really just nice, soft-spoken dude. <laughs> no nonsense. Just No, crazy. really. Not a, not yeah. a lot of ego there. None. Um, and, you know, you guys don't know what goes on behind the scenes. But, you know, as Chris mentioned himself, he's a bit of a recluse. And... So he was really worried he was going to be boring, but I I thought he did great. Yeah, he was good. really afraid when we first mentioned him. That he, he didn't think he could fill an hour. And like we told him an hour had gone by. He's like, what? <laughs> so uh, we'll have him back. This It was a really cool interview, I thought. So awesome. Sculptor for Hire. Huh? Oh, Sculptor for Hire. Yeah. You know me. If I can get someone talking about digital and printing and all that, I'm there, man. I literally just broke something. It wouldn't be an episode of Model Club TV if you did. I have my Skaven team, and I just broke. I don't know if you can see it. See that tail? Mm-hmm. I was picking up the emails. Oh, no, I dropped a piece. Never fails. $5 says he bumps his head on the way up. Okay. I'll never find it. Eh. Oh, well.
Emails, corrections, and voicemails. Scott, we have no voicemails. Uh, do we have any corrections? You're fading on me. Sit up. I'm tired. <laughs> sit up. Got like a bad day. Okay, I want to sit up. All right, emails. Let's go. Let's hit it. This is from Mister Trock. Hit it, mumbles. Trock. Hey, frickin' Frack! Catching up on the past few episodes. Did you know that frickin' Frack were a comedic ice skating duo from Switzerland who joined the original Ice Follies after moving to the U.S. in 1937? The difference here, of course, is that I am still waiting for a model club comedic duo to show up, and by the looks of Johansson's fall video, you aren't ice skaters either. Gotta say, at least that was funny. Buster Keaton, more like Buster, no, more like Busted Keister. Uh, you know what the weird thing is? My mom used to call me and my brother frickin' Frick, <laughs> like as kids. I enjoyed the Joe Hudson episode, though. He had so much experience, and I definitely picked up some good tips. As to the unboxing videos, I have never been much of a fan of those kinds of videos, especially for a $65 styrene fly. Okay. Uh, seriously, $65 really isn't that bad for a kit like that. Of course, that is coming from someone who has been buying kits from Japan for many years. Talk about laying out some dough. It's sometimes not for the faint of heart in that realm, but of course, the kits are all too often beautiful, so why not? Great to see my buddy Giovanni make an appearance a few weeks ago. I have been a part of the Jersey Fest experience since Dave's basement, and it's my favorite show each year. It's so it's much closer to home, and it has always been a great hangout show. We won't have our current diorama ready for Wonderfest, but hope to have it done by Jersey Fest, and are planning on bringing Destroy All Monsters also, since it never made an appearance there. Hope lots of modelers come out to see Jersey Fest in September. Again, link for was the that show. Destroy All Monsters, or was that Destroy All Modelers, and you made it up? I'm just asking. Destroy all modelers. Thank you. The episode with Mark Henry and Dirty Town was Dirty Down was great. Dirty Town. Dirty Town. The episode with Mark Henry and Dirty Down. Dirty Down in Dirty Town. That's great. And I have used their stuff and ordered a few things that we can use on our latest project. And I'm looking forward to playing around with that stuff. Hard to believe that Model Club is 70 episodes in. I remember that first episode and, of course, seen them, seen all of them. Why do I do it? Because I was at all three of the contests at Wonderfest. Maybe. Is it because of the highly informed and observant commentary? Hell no! It's so I can do stuff like show off my one-of-a-kind original Jeff Yeager piece. After Mark Worthling sent me a pic of his head with the Godzilla tribute kit, I knew then and there I wanted my own head to go on there, so I commissioned Jeff, and now here it is. I hope to have one painted and on Mark's table, spending time sitting squarely on Godzilla's shoulders. See you next month, Jason, and if you need a temporary stand-in for Johansson that weekend, I'll start practicing pratfalls. Later, Robert. Robert had his own head made. Probably smarter than the one he's got on his shoulders now. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. No, I love when he said, it's been a while since we had a truck email. Robert could fall. Um, 
because he's a spry old guy. He is a spry old guy. And uh, Model Club TV is uh, right around his age, I think. So um, there we go. Yeah. All right. I love Robert. Everybody knows I love Robert. But Robert, let's get something straight. Okay. Jersey isn't home. Okay. Illinois is home. (laughs) Well, he's Deerfield. Okay. That's home, pal. And he's a North okay. Sider, so there he's got that going against him as well. Uh, from Scuzzfink, since Scott was been ruffling some feathers lately, so. has he really? Oh, oh yeah. Well, here we go. Well, nothing new there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Since Scott was half asleep, screaming back years ago was about sixty to seventy dollars. Now it would be over a hundred because they were big. The reason X plus vinyl is so expensive because is because Sony Columbia and Harry Housen estate back in the nineties, nobody cared about licensing movie characters except geometric and horizon. And to a certain extent, screaming all the rest of the garage kit companies, nothing paid nothing. And it didn't matter back then when they make less than $30 or so, of course, resin was cheap. Shipping was cheap too. Not all resin kits were over a hundred. Mike Park's super deforms were 20 bucks. There were other companies that were affordable dimensional designs, Jimmy Flintstone and a few others. Some producers think big is better, but you're still not going to make much of a profit in a long run, long run, uh, quarter scale resin kits and one, one scale bus, something I've never wanted. A lot has changed since the nineties. It's not worth it to have a garage kit company now for many reasons compared to back then. Rampant inflation has caused the hobby to shrink. I think that's true, partially true. I feel X Plus always price gouged on their kits and statues over the years. I remember seeing their early stuff at a KB dirt cheap. It's the same way making vinyl. How come Thailand can do it so cheap? There is no way I will pay 200 for any kit. Not worth it to me. I'm not made of money as some seem to be. It will never be the same as the 90s when this hobby first started. So there's some... I mean, some valid points in here. Uh, you should go shop on my wife. <laughs> well, well, no, my wife will look around and go, oh, that should be $5. I go, yeah, in 1993 it was. Right. Okay, you know. Um, as far as X Plus, I, I don't have a problem with their pricing on their vinyl kits. Their vinyl statues are kind of crazy priced, and a lot of their Godzilla shit is... Way, way out yes. of the ballpark and but in here and i think we i don't think we touched on this enough in the last episode and this is one of the reasons why it did. we didn't talk about the licensing really for x plus they are paying a licensing fee and i don't know what toho's what are they charging for a kit or a prepaint statue who knows and that could be part of the reason why those kits are so expensive with when it comes to x plus and as far as toho. like his price limit on kits i mean that's a personal choice 200 for a kit is nothing to somebody if you're well, that's like, money. you know, and, and again, it's the comparison's been made a zillion times. Okay. Um, I, you know, I want a $200,000 Ferrari too, but I'm driving my minivan. Okay. You know, you got to go with what you can afford. I'm driving. Don't hold s- it against the people that can't yeah. afford it. Yeah. I'm driving a Scion XB right now with no wheel covers. <laughs> Jamie's calling me out of my car. All right. Scott's back half asleep again. All right, from Virginia. Hi, Jason and Scott. This is Virginia Peters. And on the subject of these prices, yes, I am fairly new at model kit building. And I feel everyone should realize with the economy rising prices on everything, 
even models. That being said, depending on the subject and the age of the kit and the rarity of the kit itself, I'm not sure what my limit would be. I know I've purchased some vintage kits for a steal of a price, so I suppose my high limit would be 500 and my low limit would be around $100. I hope they never come up with a printer that prints and paints for you because it's all part of making the kit come to life. I myself, Man, I... And, we have a warning for her. I myself enjoy the sprue cutting, shading, sanding. Uh, I'm sorry. I myself enjoy the sprue cutting, sanding, gluing, and painting. I don't want it done for me because I enjoy it so much. And if other people feel the same, then it will never go away. Thank you, Virginia. Uh, there is a printer coming out that will print painted pieces, colored pieces. That looks pretty good. Uh, but I agree with her a ton. I enjoy sanding and gluing and puttying. It's my favorite part. I love building models. Well, More good than thing, because you're building that piece you dropped on the floor. I can't. Oh. Anyway, thanks for the email, Virginia. And our final email from Mike Zizek. I said it right. Yep. Mike Zizek. Good day. <laughs> sounds like a gentleman. Good day. I hope I am not bombarding you with too many emails. I've just been listening to a lot of the past episodes and run across questions or comments. This is a long one, and I don't expect a reply or reading it on the air. Well, you're getting that anyway and making Scott yawn. Ooh. On there, just getting more some, some more thoughts out. Number one, show guests. I would love to see some of the OG model kit sculptors, producers on the show. We just had one, and I don't think people realize that. Chris was there in the beginning sculpting some of those early, not super early pieces, but he's been around mm -hmm. a long time. Jeff Bauer, John Dennett, Sean Nagel, Steve West, Rip Force, Thomas Kuntz, Thomas Gillian, or even some of the special effects people who made an impact on the hobby like Steve Wang or Kevin Yeager. I know a great number of people have passed, but to hear about these artists, if still around, would be cool. Completely agree. And I'm, we're going to make some effort to try and get some of those people on. In episode 13, holy crap. Oh, my In episode, I don't was that? Do you want to, let's take a poll. Do you remember what episode 13 was? Uh, Cipriano? Yeah. I don't know. We'll go check. I think you guys were, t I'll put it in here as we're talking. I think you guys were talking about limited run kits. I will paraphrase for content, but not an exact quote. Scott made a comment about a kit run of, of three years should have had everyone who wanted it, the opportunity to buy it. In theory, that only works for people who are active and scouring the net for new kits. I missed out on a few awesome kits from many manufacturers because I was not on Facebook and I did not know of their existence. Two examples are the Ariel and Ursula kits from HQ Model Kit. I had no idea that they were out until years later when I saw YouTube videos and I went to f try and find them. Both sold out. I am not sure there are many kits that I missed out on due to... T I am sure there are many kits that I missed out on due to time, exposure, and production runs. I found some chrome paint markers on Amazon that do a darn good job of looking like chrome. The part has to be glass smooth to get the effect, but now metal is possible without a lot of hassle. Have you thought about more videos like the Dirty Down demos? Maybe quick 5-10 to 10 minute hits about a product or a technique. Your Dirty Down vid was great, but maybe not that long to overwhelm your free time. So if you do not have a workbench segment one week, you could throw one in, like how to mask, 
detail brushes, decal application, things that could help newbies in the hobby or even advanced techniques. Yes, that's the plan going forward. I do want to do more of those and I do want to do more long form painting videos as well. So we will be doing more of those. And Scott will too. <laughs> you have a viewers gallery for model kits. Do you ever throw your kits up? I would love to see some of your work that you have done outside of AFM. No, I haven't done that yet. And I, what I need to do is re-photograph everything. And I think when I do that, I will start to put more of that. Uh, most of the stuff I've done recently has been for AFM. So I do have decent pictures up, but older stuff I do not have. It was like the time of like five megapixel cameras. And they just look I just put terrible on here. Funny you should say that. Just cleaned out my drawer. Yeah. I put my digital, I had an Olympus uh, cam media. And at the time, it was four megapixel camera. <laughs> and that crazy? Uh, it still works. I, I thought yeah. it took great pictures, actually. Uh, I did for looking at little things back then, but now to like put them on someone's TV that's 4K. Yeah, you know, it's not. And I we're not, we don't broadcast this in 4K. It's still 1080p. And then my, is, my phone probably takes better pictures than that camera does at this point. Yeah. Oh, it but, does. Absolutely. That's I've been using my phone for pretty much all of that stuff at this point. But it was uh, back in the day, man. I took that. Well, I used to film to Wonderfest film camera. Yeah. And I'd go through like 10 rolls of film because I would take the whole contest. And then I would have them printed. Dude, I brought, I, I brought, I did too. There's a couple of years I brought my film camera, shot a ton of rolls of film. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, I'd spend, when I'd come home, I'd spend like $150 developing film. We're so old. Oh my God. And now I don't even take pictures. I'm like, someone will post them on the internet. You yeah, know I know. That's exactly my thought too when I do it. Thank you for your time. I'm sorry for the length of the email. Believe it or not, I did condense it. LOL. Good luck in the final push this school year. Stay safe and I'll see you at Wonderfest in a few weeks. Awesome email. Thanks, Mike. Uh, yeah, a lot of that stuff is stuff that's in the works and we'll get there. Scott, that's the show. Everybody check out Chris Ilizardo, sculptorforhire.com. And uh, we'll see you after. I hope there's an episode, first episode in June. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, we'll try and get it done. We'll figure something out. But well, this will be the first episode in June. No, this will be May 30th. It'll be the 30th. Yeah. So you're really technically not due to the 14th. So we'll see. Which I won't be here. <laughs> not going to be around. Okay, for me. Figure it Maybe out. Maybe you and Brian should do the show. How about that? Watch. Here's where it'll end. Sure, give me the Zoom password so that I can. Boom. Over. No, not see? happening. All right. See? All right. See you later, Scott. Say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>